Hey everybody, welcome to The Last Ones In, where being late to the party isn't always a bad thing. I, of course, am your host, Jariah. Right next to me, we have E. Hello. And, as always, right across from me, Robbie. Hey guys. Awesome. And today, we're going to be taking a deep look at the movie Wrist Cutters, a love story. I love this movie. I think the bad part about this whole podcast is, uh, that's my movie. I have yet to watch it. It's in and my hands. It is in your hands. And if you notice, <laughs> it's actually still wrapped in the plastic. I have noticed that. I tried to put it into the Blu-ray player, and it just it didn't fit. So huh. uh, You just got to push it harder. Okay, good. The Did other you try thing, a VCR? That's oh. the problem. Oh. There we go. Well, we have to go buy a VCR. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the other thing. This episode starts off our last theme month for quite a while, but the theme is going to be anti-love movies, which doesn't mean that there's not a love story in it. It just means that maybe your traditional love story isn't exactly represented or it's shown for what a true traditional love story maybe is. So I felt like we needed to start off with something that claims to have a very heavy tone to it, but is ultimately incredibly silly. So Wrist Cutter's a love story it is. I mean, I'm okay with that, but I think one of the things that attracted me to even buying that movie was... Uh different podcasts that i heard and like it's it's a D one but they talked about movies and at one point in time they That's, talked about that one and it sounded interesting but it's one of those D&D there's in this movie no, no. oh <laughs> <laughs> but um it's one of those i kind of like the whole idea of the anti-love trope just for the sole factor that a lot of love movies just feel like cut and paste yeah they all have their own like storylines but if you just break them down in their base elements they're all the same movie i mean i forget who said it but there's a quote that I hear all the time, is that there's only really seven stories in the world ever made, and everything else is just mixing up those seven stories to make something new. So there's never been a new story past those seven stories. I don't know how much I buy into that, but I mean, it's it's close enough, I would say. I think yeah. it's kind of like the idea, like, every story is basically, like, a weird spin on, like, a Shakespeare at this point, Pretty stuff much. like I that. I mean, like, the three-act structure and, like, how we design scripts and everything like that is based off of Shakespeare. Yeah, and, like, every love story is usually based off of Romeo and Juliet in some way. Absolutely. Which, I mean, those are great works of art, but I feel like maybe there is some room for moving around there. Or maybe I'm full of shit. I have no idea. Please contact <laughs> us on the <laughs> last ones in podcast at gmail.com if you think your eyes full of shit. Oh, this is going to be unpleasant. <laughs> With... You both just knowing the title, really. Well, you've heard a description, right, Robbie? I've heard a base description of it, but it was just one of those, like, I really like this movie. I don't want to get too much into it. You should just watch it yourself, kind of. All right. Since you've heard a little bit, we're going to start with E. What okay. do you think this movie's going to be about? All right. I think there's going to be a male and a female. Oh, and astute. I think in, like, high school or something, they have, like, a suicide pact that if neither of them have any, like, ever get married or anything, they're just going to both kill themselves. That's what I get from the title specifically. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So I heard like a baseline idea of this movie. From what I've heard, the movie is more or less about this guy and the girl that they're together. And at some point in time, the girl kills herself. And that causes the guy to go down uh, this deep line of depression to where he eventually ends up killing himself too. And whenever he wakes up in the afterlife, 
is just like a slightly shittier version of what the real world is, but he's looking for her in this afterlife that's kind of like our world, but not quite the same. So purgatory? Kind of, yeah. Okay. I'm excited to watch this movie. This has gained a cult following over time. But, watch a uh, lot of movies that gain cult followings. Yeah. But I think that means it's time for the back of the box. Distraught over breaking up with his girlfriend, Zia decides to end it all. Unfortunately, he discovers that there's no real ending, only a rundown afterlife that is strikingly similar to his old one, just a bit worse. Discovering that his ex-girlfriend has also offed herself, he sets out on a road trip with his Russian rocker friend to find her. Their journey takes them through an absurd purgatory where they discover that being dead doesn't mean you have to stop living. His name is Zia? Oh yeah, Z-I-A, Zia. That's not a name! In this movie, it is. Anything's a name. What do you mean? What do you mean it's not a name? It's not a name. That's, just, that's banned. You can't name someone Zia. That's not a real name. We call you E. I'm, yeah, that's a nickname. Maybe that's his nickname. If that's his nickname, then I, I mean, retract my statement. That's not a name. What? I guess we'll find out when you watch the movie. I was going to say I actually heard of like this trend at one point in time wherever people are coming up with really dumb names for their kids. And Absidy was one of them. Yeah. A-B-C-D-E. Yeah, that's not a name either. That's, that's illegal. That's just a parent that... That's fucking lazy. Kid. That's that kid's never gonna grow up happy. Is the problem with Zia? It sounds like he didn't grow up. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're onto something. Here. Yeah, we might be. But before we get to all of that nonsense, let's go take a look at it. All right. And we are back, and I think mostly not super depressed, right, guys? No more than usual. Yeah. Okay, so it's fine. Yeah, so obviously that movie has a lot of depressing themes, and the whole thing's about suicide, so obviously it's going to be depressing a little bit. It is very much a downer, and it deals a lot with the people who commit suicide, and like, I guess what brought them to that point, and so it is very very much a downer movie, but it's a downer movie with like, just a glimmer of hope in it, though. It has a lot of charm. Yeah, it does have a lot of charm. I am on the board with you on this now. I really did like this movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I love it. I only, the, the the way that I originally found it was, I was just at my grandma's house one of those times when I was up there. Right. And while I was there, I was just going through all the stuff on Hulu, and it just happened to be in the early days of Hulu, and that movie was just on there. And that's how I originally found it. I was like, wrist cutters. That sounds like my thing while I'm being here all alone. That's a good idea to watch. I thought you were going to say, like, your grandma just owned it. I was like, wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So, Robbie, let's start with you. Basic so- thoughts. There's a lot of things that they did purposefully in the movie that I really liked. It was looked like it was very low budget. It looked like it had like this kind of grime filter on it the entire time. But it added to the charm of the movie. It added to, um, I guess, almost like the lore of it, of the story that they were trying to tell. But all in all, like it, it is a dark and depressing film. And it's just like something that just kind of... It's almost soul-sucking. But it adds a charm to the movie that I really, really liked. And it's just like it takes something... Uh, I want to say it just takes like uh, certain elements of life and it just cranks the dial just a little bit on it to make it just a little bit more dramatic. But it uh, it's hard to describe this movie without getting too much into it. But it, <laughs> it is it's really good. I did really like it. Like on the new scale that we're doing with the buy, stream, rent or miss, like it's one of those buy the movie. Like I'm really glad that I bought this movie, even though this is the first time I've seen it. <laughs> I think part of the reason why I haven't seen it yet is because I was waiting for this episode to pop up. But I would say buy the movie. It is a really good movie. I'd say go watch it. How about you, E? I quite really enjoyed this movie. It has a lot of the things I like about movies. And it has it does something that I wish more do- movies would do. And it lets itself be really weird. 
And oh, that's yeah. something a lot of movies are kind of scared to do. And I think it's because they don't want to like go into the like random territory. I don't know. That's another can of worms I could open regardless. <laughs> but like, uh, there's just... certain things that filmmakers they know that it works, and so they stick to their guns on that one, and they don't try anything new because they're worried it's gonna make their movie flop. It's a very like it puts the ordinary in extraordinary, and I really like that about it. Yeah, it points out just how weird normal things in life are that you don't really think about, and it yeah. just makes it a little a little weirder. And it hits it in your brain like, oh, this kind of small thing that we do or talk about all the time, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Or how this one one thing of suicide, having open discussions about it seems weird because people just don't do that. And so that having to be the centerpiece of the whole thing just makes it charming, I guess. I don't know. It kind of puts a charm on the people of like, you know, these are people who had lives and like they hit a low point in their life and then now they have to deal with it after they hit that low point. Well, like it's one of those things like – because again people are it's because people are scared to talk about suicide a lot and like i wouldn't say it like normalizes suicide i'd say kind of reminds you that's sometimes just a part of life which is something movies don't do a lot where they're just like have a suicide and not make it a focal point of what they do even with this movie being entirely about that i still would say the suicide isn't really the focal point of the movie it's just it yeah, happened. just happenstance. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I personally would say Rent because I think it's a hard movie for me to say just flat out buy because there are a lot of like themes and just general storytelling things about this movie I don't think will really mesh with everyone. I would go ahead and say Rent unless this sounds really interesting to you in which I would say buy. Yeah, I really do love this movie. If the themes of it and Suicide and... Just that deep depression kind of thing doesn't sound like that's what you want, even though it do- it is a very charming movie, and it's really, really well, and it's very funny. But if that isn't going to do it for you, if that doesn't seem like that's something that you want to watch for an hour and a half, I don't know, avoid it. There's some people who can't handle the subject matter at all. That is fair. That I guess in like a real-life sense, there are people like the subject of suicide has come up, and they'll do everything that they can do to avoid talking about things like death or suicide or accidents or anything that, you know, deals with that subject matter like there are going to be people that it's not their thing to watch it down because the movie is very much a downer the entire time 100 percent. but i didn't really get that feeling from it well because it has that charm to it though too like i've seen other movies that are downers that don't have quite the same charm that this one does so it's just depressing there's not little glimmers of hope there's not a a sense of humor behind any of it it's just a downer of a movie but this wasn't it. This is it had that glimmer of hope. It had a charm to it. It had a sense of humor, even though like the entire subject matter was super downer and it was super depressing. But it just had like, it's almost like whenever everything turns down to its worst possible moments, it gives you a reason to keep moving forward. Style of movie. It has a comedy twinge to everything about it. It doesn't take itself super super seriously, but it does have that undertones. For me personally. This movie is absolutely a buy. You should have it in your collection. But yeah, I will say, give it a shot. Stream it first. It is available on Tubi TV and Vudu for free with ads. So if you aren't sure about it, check it out on there. At the time of this recording, you can do that. But if in the first, I would say, 15 minutes of it, that seems like you would enjoy it, the movie doesn't stray from that tone too terribly far. If after those first 15 minutes, you should buy it, I would say, if you're into it. But those first 15 minutes really are very telling of what this movie's going to be. Yeah. So yeah, I would say buy it if you can or if you can handle that kind of thing. Otherwise, it's very easy to stream right now. So if you guys don't want this spoiled for you, this is where you should check out. 
We're going to be talking about the whole thing right after this. Fades in from black to a face. We have no idea who it is. He's waking up. And the first thing he does, he gets up and starts cleaning his apartment while some music plays over everything. Which this this place is trashed. Oh, it is yeah. a fucking pigsty. It's yeah. like a college dorm. Maybe a little... I mean, maybe a little worse. I would say worse. Maybe. Uh, the, my college experience wasn't super dirty with going to people's houses like well, that. I just see like the generic thing a lot of people think of with the college dorm where there's clothes everywhere, there's tra- piles of trash everywhere. Yeah. It's not so much the type of pile of trash that you'd see from someone who's lazy. It's the... It's a depressed... It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a depressed a, person. It's, a press, room, it's somebody wanna... who is so depressed that they just cannot bring themselves to get out of bed long enough to actually clean their apartment. Yeah. And then... With actual classic depression, not classic, I guess, but with normal depression signs, you see that he finally has the energy to get up. So he does, and he cleans everything, and he makes everything look nice. And we don't really know what he's doing or why he's doing it, but from the name of the movie, you can probably guess. He makes everything look perfect. Everything's organized. Plants are even watered. And then from there, it's a slow zoom into his bathroom, because you just get a still wide shot of his entire room of him doing, doing all of this. And then it slowly zooms into his bathroom. You see him looking into the mirror. He's getting a little more pale. He falls down. You see on the sink there's blood everywhere. It's filled with blood and water. Razor blade on the side of it. He falls to the ground. Blood all over the ground. You see him just sort of becoming unconscious, dying. Yeah, you see him dying. Yeah, he just it's it is just a scene of him slowly dying. And like as he's dying, it was kind of a weird little thing, but it made sense to where like. Even though he cleaned his entire apartment, he's just staring at this dust bunny that's in the corner of his bathroom. And, like, that's the last thing he sees before he dies. It's the one little thing that he missed. Directly after that, you get a narration of some kind, in a sense. Well, it's talking about right. his funeral. Yeah. yeah. So it goes into a voiceover, and it starts about him talking about his girlfriend. And that... Well, his ex at that point, right? His ex-girlfriend, yeah. right? Which... I think that's an important distinction yes, to make. Yes, it is his ex-girlfriend. And she broke up with him and all all kinds of stuff here. Which, it doesn't really say too much about the fact that she broke up with him, but it's more or less implied that she yeah. broke up with him. And, like, maybe that's why he killed himself without her. Like, it's just a matter of he didn't feel like living anymore without her, so he just ended himself and then... That's the implication. It never directly says it, but throughout the movie... It's implied. It implies it. Yeah. Pretty heavily. <laughs> um... So yeah, we get this voiceover saying that he's going to miss her, but she doesn't seem to miss him. Maybe she's a little heartbroken, but she's going to go into somebody's arms and fuck him and she'll feel better after all yeah. of that. And that, yeah, it's what Gwen was like, she'll feel bad. I, I bet she cried at my funeral. I bet that she went and she found someone that she trusted and cried to him about what happened. And then afterward, he fucked her, if anything, just to make her feel better about it all. And then we get a perfect late title card. Wrist cutters. Bam. And then after the title card, we see Zia in, which is his name. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) he does not like that name. It's spelled worse than I thought it was, too. Z-E-A? No, it was Z-I-A if you looked at the thing at the end. Yeah, how else are you going to spell it? Z-E-A. Why would you put an E? Ja. Why would you make a dumb name? (laughs) I don't know. Why not? All the the names in this are kind of dumb. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to improvise. Which, (laughs) maybe. That was terrible. So Zia's in the bathroom, which is the guy who killed himself's name that we learn. And he's in the shitty bathroom, washing his hands. He has this little thing wrapped around his head. And there's a sign above the mirror that says, Remember, all employees must wash hands. And you get a voiceover saying, I don't know why I killed myself. Everything is basically the same. Just a little shittier. 
we learn that he works at a place called Kamikaze Pizza, which of course. of course goes into the suicide thing again. Yeah. Everything in the movie, everything brand named has something to do with suicide. Right. Which honestly seems like the perfect punishment. Honestly, yeah. That's perfect. Because it's one of the, yeah. yeah. If there must be a punishment, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so Zia in his voiceover says that thankfully the manager has been really great to him. He gave him that job and he gave him a place to live. And it goes to Zia laying on his bed in his little room. And his roommate comes and he's like, Zia, how many times have I told you, you need to sit down to pee? He's like, oh my god, I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot, I'll remember next time. He's like, oh, every time. Can't believe it, I give Which, you one thing. Yeah, and I feel like it's a scene of, like, Zia doesn't exactly hate his roommate or anything, he's just kind of annoyed by him all the time. Yeah, which is just goes with the whole thing of yeah. everything is just a little worse. He goes on to say that he's thought about killing himself again, but he hasn't because he's kind of a coward, and what's the point anyway? Because he may as- might just end up in some place that's worse. Yeah, it's... It would make sense that, like, if he killed himself and he ended up in a place that's the same, just slightly shittier, yes. if he tried killing himself again, he'd end up in even a worse place. Just Don't even have pizza on the next one. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't know about dry, but at least with me, I think I eat I don't know more pizza. You... Yeah, I eat so much pizza. Like, it's not even unhealthy. It's just unreasonable how much I eat. I don't know how you have arteries anymore. That's fine. I think it's just cheese tubes. I've had many times when I'm like, okay... I get a pizza, and then someone's like, hey, you want to go out? I'm like, sure, let's get a pizza, and then I eat leftover <laughs> pizza for the next two days after that, and I'll just eat pizza a whole week, basically. I, Dry has seen me more than a handful of times to eat an entire pizza to myself. Every day. Yeah. Every day, an entire pizza. <laughs> I don't understand how you're alive. Pizza's good. It's good, but... <laughs> it's got tomatoes in it. Your heart's going to give out. <laughs> That's what the tomatoes are for. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> So we see Zia at the bar, and he's drinking, and the bartender says, you know what, that's all you really need is a drink. That'll cheer you up. So I guess it's, I guess it's implied like Zia's talking to the bartender about this? Yeah, okay. yeah, a little bit. A girl comes over, and she's like, so, how'd you do it? Like, well, that's kind of a little rude to ask. And he shows her his wrists, and there's wounds on him, obviously. She's like, oh, Which, great, me and my friend are playing this game. And I, like, get I guess points. three points for that. Whenever it shows him washing his hands at the beginning, whenever he first starts working at Kamikaze Pizza, it does show the scars on his wrist. But if you take a little small look at every single person in the movie, as long as there was a wound, a a wound of some kind left behind, like it wasn't like that one girl, because the girl who asks him, it shows that she turned the gas on on her oven and just like stuck her head in the oven and breathed in the gas. And that's how she died. With Zia, he had the he cut his wrists. Yeah, he cut his wrists. And with his roommate, if you notice, he has, like, this dark mark on the side of his head. So yeah. there's actually a lot of those yeah. Yeah. in the movie. Well, the bartender. Like, who, yeah, his is, like, straight, is through, like the straight through the forehead. Yeah. Anybody in the movie that would have a wound when they kill themselves, they still have that wound. And then a lot of the characters that it concentrates on for more than a couple seconds, it does do a flashback showing how they died. So whenever we get one of those, we'll mention how that happened yeah right which also kind of goes on with the downer of the movie of like showing all these people all of them they're super depressed at some point in time that's what and they yeah, just, nobody here was happy yeah well i was gonna say like <laughs> it just kind of shows them at their lowest moment and like that's what made them kill themselves yeah that's usually how that works yeah <laughs> well some people with depression if they kill themselves it's usually not the lowest moment it's once they start getting back up from the lowest moment yeah i mean yeah, uh, it's I guess. one thing that's actually said is that um if you have a friend who's been depressed for a very long time and out of nowhere for no apparent reason, they just start being happy all of a sudden again. It's because they finally like gotten to that point where they realize like, okay, like this is it. Like I'm just gonna kill myself. And 
making that choice actually gives them a bit of euphoria. And so they're happy before they do it. And like, if anything, they actually might have a party beforehand. They actually might like bring all their friends and like uh, have this little party and like tell everyone how much they love them and everything because this is their way of saying goodbye. And they're happy and euphoric to actually have that moment. So it's not always their lowest point. So that's when Zia does ask how she killed herself. We learned she gassed herself, put her head in the oven, and she just left a note like, are you happy now? Yeah. Which we don't I, really know. No, we don't know why. Kind of are in, you sorry now? Are you sorry now? Again, it kind of different. implies yes. that she was cheated on, and that was her response to being cheated on. Are you? I, I don't know. I don't I get, don't. I disagree. I yeah. don't think. Really? No, because that's kind of just a note you leave to any to like a lot of just people show some like, like shitty people i don't know i, d- like, I didn't that's get a note you could leave a family i would argue are you sorry now i don't think I mean, that's if so the family say, was bad to you yeah if the family was bad to me maybe but i think that's not so much implied to her family as much as it's just someone who hurt her yeah. in the sense of of that like, but like I again like that's just like, such a generic note to leave yeah i, yeah. I would not say, say like that implies a cheating or anything just kind of shittiness i think it just means whatever you want it to mean it could but that's how i took it at least yeah so zia starts playing along with these two girls and there's a guy at the bar and they start talking about how like how do you think he did it gas no 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 it was drowning no see how blue he is but then zia's about to get up and ask him he's like oh he doesn't seem like he would be the playing along type and a guy behind him's like hey won't you do me ask me how i killed myself except he's russian (laughs) he's like why don't you guys ask me I want to play along. And the girls are pretty instantly uncomfortable with him being there because it's a little off-putting for a guy to just say, hey, tell me how I killed myself. And they're like, oh, hey, this guy's here. We need to we need to get out of here. And so they get up and go. And Zia asks the Russian how he killed himself, kind of offhandedly because he doesn't really know him. He just kind of wants to get him out of there. You know, the icebreaker. Yeah. And so we get the flashback of how the Russian killed himself. And he's like, well, I was playing a gig. And we hear them end a song, and you voice over, people in the background being like, you suck, get off the stage! And so the Russian gets this beer, says... Fuck it or something? Right, he yeah. does. And he pours the beer on his guitar, electrocuting himself. That wouldn't kill you. No, But <laughs> he killed himself through pouring a beer on his electric guitar and electrocutes himself to death. After this, Zia's back at work, he drops some pizza on the floor... And uh, he just picks it up and still serves it, because, I mean, fuck it, why not? I would eat it. No one really cares. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Everyone's unhappy anyway. Zia back at the bar with the Russian, and Russian tells him that he's actually living in this purgatory with his whole family, because his whole family's killed themselves. His mom killed himself after... He said that his mother... himself, I think. His mother killed himself because she oh, missed, she missed Russia, Russia so much. Right. Yeah, and so, she took out her... And it was one of those, it seemed like his mother was sick anyways, and she yeah. might have been on life support, and she just kind of unplugged her own life support. And yeah. then... The dad killed himself because yeah. he just couldn't... <laughs> a couple of reasons. He just couldn't take being alone. And then Eugene, who is the Russian, says that maybe he also killed himself because he couldn't take that his son came out as gay. Yeah. To which we learn that Eugene has a brother mm-hmm. who is gay. And after everybody had killed themselves, he just really couldn't handle it anymore either and so he did it too well it's whenever they ask him like no one's really sure why he killed himself it's just maybe it was just in his genes but i mean your whole family killed themselves yeah it kind of makes sense you're gonna probably be a little sad and so the russian guy eugene invites that that that, that was his name yeah uh zia gets invited over by eugene to go and meet his family and the whole family's there and they're all fairly happy all things considered and they're all eating and drinking and the mom is like, well, back in Russia, the people you would invite over, who you're going to hire, and whoever eats the most is the one you would hire, because they're the hardest workers. 
So everyone's drinking and eating and having a great time. And, and it seems like the dad's just happy to have the whole family back together. Yeah. Eugene even mentions that the first time the son came here, he was never a crying man or a sad man. But the first time that he saw him, he cried a little bit and he grabbed his son and he hugged him, which is a miracle. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say a miracle. But. I don't know if I would either, but I did. So there we go. <laughs> Too late but now. he wrote it down. Yep. So. And Zia's helping the younger brother do the dishes, and they're kind of just talking about really just what brought everybody there. And Eugene's younger brother says, like, you know, actually, I would probably have been here way sooner if it weren't for Eugene. And we get a flashback of the little brother, and he's standing on this table, and he's about to hang himself. He has this noose around his neck, and he's, like, saying... How is it fair, Eugene? How is any of this fair? How is the better team able to lose? Tell me, how can life be so unfair? And Eugene's telling him, just come on, get down. Get down there, and I'll tell you, and I'll talk about it. And so the little brother gets the noose around his neck, he gets off the table, he hops down, and there's this sad, like, overwhelmingly hopeful music welling up, and then Eugene just slaps him across the face, and the little brother falls to the ground. I don't remember if he says anything. Well, he was saying, like, he doesn't know what Eugene really meant by that, but he thinks he had a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so we see Eugene falling asleep because he drank so much, and his mom's tucking him in, and everyone's happy. And Zia says seeing all of the family there around like that kind of makes him miss his parents. Just a little bit. Not that much. Just just a little. And it cuts back and forth between uh, Zia daydreaming between his old girlfriend from his life, Desiree, and him drinking every night with Eugene. And yeah, just going yeah. back and forth, partying, drinking, partying, drinking. Because that's flashback. And he was saying that if, if there's anything that he missed in life, it was actually her. Yeah. And there's anything that he wanted there that would actually make it bearable, it would be her. Yeah. And so after all of these flashback montage things happening, like, Zia is laying in bed and roommate comes in. He's like, did you eat all my cottage cheese, Zia? Did you? Every time. Every fucking time. He's like, don't you have, like, a backup plan? Just eat something else? He's like, no, every time, Zia. Every time I want to eat cottage cheese. He has a point. Yeah, don't annoying. Don't finish someone else's food. That's yeah, fucked up. Don't just eat your roommate's shit out of nowhere. Don't be a dick. Yeah, so... Are you staring directly at me when you say Don't this? be a dick, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's up, and he's like, fine, I'll get you fucking more cottage cheese. So he goes to the store, and he meets Guy. Yeah, there's just a random guy there, and he's like, Zia, I've been hoping to see you here, actually. You know, it's kind of weird. The reason I'm here is kind of because of you. He's like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, did you need that $200 I owed you? He's like, yeah, why are you even, like, wanting to be around here? Do you still need that $200 I owe you? Is that why you came? He's like, no, no, no. It's just, they always say suicides happen in three, and, you know, after you went, and then Desiree killed herself, I thought I shouldn't. He's like, whoa, wait, what do you mean? Desiree killed herself? Like, yeah, after Desiree killed herself, and then he just walks out, and he's like, I do still want that $200, though. And so Zia is freaking out, because he's like, well, Desiree died. She's here. She has to be here somewhere. Yeah. And that's sort of the thing that sets him off on the whole adventure. Yeah, so he's kind of talking with Eugene, like, we got to go. We got to find her. And Eugene's like, why do I have to go? And he's like... What else do you have yeah. to do? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Which is, honestly, that's kind of a good argument. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do, then? Fine. So we cut to them just on the road trip now. Yeah. And they're driving along, and Eugene's like, when's the last time you got laid? Like, well, I don't see why that matters. He's like, well, of course it matters. When's the last time you got laid? Well, not since I've been here. He's like, that's the problem. You haven't had any sex. That's why you're going crazy. That's why you're trying to go on this adventure. You just need to get laid. Which, I mean, <laughs> kind of turns out kind true. Of the, that kind of is the <laughs> premises of a lot of other road trip movies. Listen, as someone who has never been laid, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, he gets way happier after he gets laid, E. When does he get laid? What do you mean, when does he get laid? What? It's implied. What? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, innocent E. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> He's just like thinking about it now. Like, what? Like, what? And while they're driving, we learn that the headlights on Eugene's car just don't work. Yeah. He says nobody's ever been able to fix them. And Z is like, well, I wish you had told me that. Now it means we can't travel at night. We're going to have to camp every single night. Like, well, I don't know what to tell well, you. Said, well, if he's like, I'll go, we'll stop by somewhere to get it fixed. Yes. Because he doesn't believe that. Yeah. yeah. And so the very first day of their trip. Well, they're like getting to the end. Like it's starting yeah, to get dark. Yeah, it's starting so to get kinda, dusk. And so they like, finally. Oh, hey, look, a place. But before that. Yes. Zia's looking through a bunch of tapes there because Eugene has yeah, a boom yeah. box because the stereo on the car doesn't work as a piece of shit. And he's looking through a bunch of tapes and he's trying to find some music to listen to and he drops the whole thing of tapes under the seat and then they're just gone. And he's like, what, I, what, what happened? Eugene's like, oh, there's kind of a thing under the seat, like a hole. He's like, like a hole fell out of the car? Well, it didn't really fall out of the car. Kind of, it's kind of like a black hole? Kind of like a triangle of kinds. Bermuda triangle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a triangle? Just a triangle. <laughs> there's like a triangle under it. I don't really want to mess with it. Yeah, at first he does call it a a black hole yeah, and he's like it's kind of like the bermuda triangle underneath that seat yeah, yeah. and so he's like oh he's like well there's this one tape left here and eugene's like oh that's a tape that was that's a shitty one he's like well what do you mean he's like well it's my band's tape i had in my pocket when i off myself oh well let's listen to that and then you get your first glimpse of a song that'll be stuck in everybody's head who just watched this movie forever when there is trap oh, i'm just gonna sing is that, that forever. the name of the song or does it have a different name because i was looking in the credits and i didn't see like i saw the name a... of it it was uh it's called on the roof under the ground okay yep you got it so uh you can if you don't know that song if you decided to just watch the spoiler parts uh just give that a listen i think it's a nice little song and kind of encapsulates the that... feeling of the movie yeah it is something that just really kind of plays in your head yeah so little fun fact here we'll throw it in right here it's a, done by gorgol bordello it's a punk band that formed 1999 is that the original recording of them then or probably i don't know when that song was recorded but that's their song but like are they is that them singing it too yes okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's more my what my question was right gotcha so yeah mm-hmm. so they do that kind of like a little semi-montage of them just driving a bit and then they stop at the uh car fixer uppers <laughs> mechanic yes yeah. <laughs> so they stop there and uh so zia's like yo uh they can't get it fixed and uh eugene's like i bet you a beer it's not gonna get fixed yeah and so the mechanics are sitting there and we get one mechanic he's just kind of a little off spastic yeah um and he just like, like holding the... a bunch of car parts and he's like i don't he i don't know the what's entire going on. headlight out yeah <laughs> and he's how like, else are you gonna see if it's broken it's true and he's like i don't know how to fix this but the other guy, he can fix it. Let me get him. And he gives Zia the headlight. He just yeah, gives just it to gives him. it to him. While he goes off to go find the other mechanic, Zia and Eugene start talking. And Eugene's like, hey, do you see that taxi out there? And this is just a weirdly, I don't know if it's racist or it's a not. Bit. I think it's a bit racist. Or is it like, is this part I, supposed to be anti-racism? Well, first, it's supposed, it's, well, Eugene is racist. Yes, like, the character we, Eugene that's, is racist. That's just true. Yeah. That's not up to debate. Yeah. But, uh, so this part, so Eugene's, like, seeing, like, this taxi, quote-unquote, because it's just a blue car with taxi taped on it, (laughs) which is great. But, (laughs) so he sees that, and he's like, ah, this guy, I don't trust him. And Zia's like, why? And he's like, well, he's... He's Arab. Arab. He's he's Arab, and he's driving a taxi. And he's like, you know Arabs and the killing, I guess? (laughs) It's not subtle. Not subtle at all. (laughs) Whoa, wait. Everybody who's here is here because they kill themselves. Like, what do you think he's going to do? He's not going to try anything. Yeah. No one cares enough to do it. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like this scene, he's just like, it's like, how many Arabs do you see are driving a taxi? 
I saw Arabs driving taxis all the time. It's like, yeah, but here? Yeah. He's like, well, why is he staring at me? Because you're fucking staring at him. If you yeah. stop, you're staring at him like you need a taxi. If you stop staring yeah. at him, he'll go away. Anyway, so that, <laughs> anyways, that's not like vital to the story either. In fact, yeah, you don't it see it the taxi. Just, yeah, it just stops after that. I think it was just meant to show that Eugene's kind of racist. Yeah, yeah. That's actually directly what it's supposed to show. Eugene's kind of a bad person, actually. He's sort of a dick. Yeah. Basically, anyone in the movies basically either apathetic or an asshole. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Kinda, considering the place they're in is kind of really how you it deal makes sense. with it. 100%. The one mechanic brings the other mechanic in, and he has a broken arm and a broken leg, and he's in a wheelchair. If anybody can fix it, he can. You're like, okay, start the car up. Let's hear this baby purr. Yeah. He's like, no, don't let it purr. It's the headlights. You don't need to start the car. <laughs> so he starts the car, and then the main, me- the good mechanic like puts his hand on the hood. He's like, yeah, the spark plugs need repair. Oh, your gas sockets are broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, um, okay. And then he starts to fall asleep. And the other mechanic's like, oh, oh my goodness. He he hasn't slept an ounce since the, we got here. Just, he, he needs to sleep and in the, in the morning we'll fix it. Their headlights will be completely fixed. It'll be completely fine. And then we get the flashback of how yeah. they killed themselves, which you see them in a hot tub and it looks like they slit their wrists. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Which there's a couple implied things here too, but I feel you guys would just dis- disagree with me on what's implied. I mean, no, if you're going to imply that they're a gay couple, then yes. Yeah, that's pretty I, obvious. I then. feel like it was implied that they were a gay couple. And that was one of them was married, yep. yeah. yeah. And then when the wife came home, she found both of them holding hands, dead in the hot tub together. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's don't, even implied. I think yeah, it just I think says that's that. just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the other one was just kind of a generic note that is often left behind at yeah. certain types of. Yeah. Whereas this one, yeah. like you see them both in the hot tub holding each other's hands naked, blood everywhere, and then you hear, "Honey, I'm home." So, like, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Now, what I'm more curious about is if the one that's not in the wheelchair, if he was just kind of always like that or if that was something supposed to be implied something with the hot tub that caused him to do that or maybe yeah, yeah I like, don't they know slit actually their, they slit their wrist in the hot tub but whenever we see the mechanic that can like tell what's wrong with the car by touching it while it's on like he has a broken arm broken leg he's in a wheelchair like so it's almost like something else happened to him yeah. while which I guess they, they can still get hurt oh yeah definitely so, oh yeah, yeah yeah and he's a mechanic so maybe the car yeah, fell on him or just... it's not too important these characters aren't like vital yeah, they're either. here for like two seconds so they have to sleep in the car that night, and they wake up in the car, and Zia's, like, playing with shades, and he drops the shades, and Eugene wakes up, and they're like, hey, uh, Zia, hand me those shades, it's bright out here. And Eugene's like, where, where are my shades? And he's like, I, uh, I, I dropped them. You dropped my shades. Yeah, I, I dropped them down under the seat. like, fucking, the one thing I tell you to do, just don't drop the thing, and you drop the thing. I don't know why you do this. <laughs> He's like, okay, 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 it's fine. I'm just, I'm just gonna get out and stretch a little bit. And he gets out of the car and he falls <laughs> straight down. And the car was lifted up by a forklift off the ground. So they've just been sleeping in that all night. And apparently, they lifted up with a forklift, like with, either without their knowledge, or they just forgot. I'm gonna just assume they did it while they were sleeping. Yeah, yeah. they had to have done that while they were sleeping. <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing about this scene too is. Like, while they're lifted up, like, they're not just changing out the headlights. Like, all the wiring yeah. of the car <laughs> yeah. is just Take hanging it. out yeah. underneath it. Yeah. And the mechanic in the wheelchair is like, this car is giving me a headache. Believe you me. But give me two or three days and those headlights will be fixed. It'll be brand new. Good as new. You owe me the first beer of the day. Yeah. Because they bet that beer that night. I, I, also, like, 
I don't even think they actually bet anything. I think Eugene's just like, yep, you owe me now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think Zia ever really accepts anything. He never bet. really accepted it, but he was saying, I bet you a beer. Because that, like, that's kind of Eugene's thing is to say, if he's sure about something, he's like, I bet you a beer. Yeah, no, I get that part, but like no one ever like agrees to his bets. Yeah. <laughs> no. But fuck it, whatever. Everyone yeah. likes beer. Zia right? still bought the beer. So they obviously do not stick around a few days to let it get fixed. They are back on the road, and while they're driving on the road, they're listening to music, Eugene notices a girl hitchhiking on the side of the road, because Zia is asleep, and he comes to a very, very sudden stop, oh, yeah. almost hitting the girl, in fact. <laughs> and it's, it's a super sudden stop. Like, I think oh, he, like, to make jerks that off the road, too. Oh, yeah. He yeah. jerks off the road, slams on the brake, like, there's dust being flown everywhere. And the girl comes up to the side of the car, and she's like, hey, uh, how you guys doing? Where are you going? East-ish. Uh, we don't really know. It's like... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, she even says, like, you really don't know where you're going. It's like, does anyone know where they're going here? Goes into the whole apathy thing. Yeah. They ask what the girl is doing, and she's like, well, I'm looking for the people in charge, because I don't think I'm really meant to be here. And they're like, people in charge? What are you guys doing? She's like, oh, he's going after his princess. And so she's like, okay, I'll get in the car with you guys. Why not? What else do I have to lose? And while they're arguing about that... Eugene's like, why would you even look for the people in charge? When you were alive, did you ever go out looking for God? Like, well, no, I didn't have a reason to go look for God. Here, I have a reason to look for the people in charge. Yeah, Fair. But he she, just kind of makes it seem like it's a giant myth, too. Like, yeah. like, there's no people in charge here. Have you seen this place? Yeah, this is just purgatory. Why would there ever be anybody running it? But she is adamant that her being there is, in fact, a mistake. Yes. And she introduces herself. Her name is McCall, which is another just weird name. Yeah. And Maybe they just changed all the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> this isn't a weird episode of Law and Order or something. But okay. <laughs> it cuts to them all laying in a tent that's being sold, and it says mostly new or something like that. It's almost new. Almost new. And there's laying in a tent, and Eugene's like, I don't know about this. He's like, Well, it's better than sleeping in the car, or sleeping on the ground. Yeah, okay. Like, okay, I'll go find a salesperson. Zia walks away. Eugene and McCall are laying in the tent, and Eugene gets all creepy and pervy and tries to hit on her, and so she gets up and leaves. And while Zia is out there talking to the salesman, McCall sees a sign that says, Shoplifters will be severely prosecuted. And so she steals the sign. It cuts to later that night, they're they're camping out, and she is burning that sign. So, steal the no-stealing sign. She is an anarchist. Classic 16-year-old move. Classic 16-year-old anarchist move. (laughs) And McCall says she's heard a bunch of rumors about the PIC, the people in charge. Yeah. And she keeps talking about how she has to be here. It has to be a mistake that she's here. We don't know why she thinks that. We learn that later, but she keeps saying it. While they're talking about that, Zia says, like, you know what? I think you're going to find those people. And McCall says, like, oh, that's great. I think you're going to find your princess, Zia. And then we get more flashbacks of Zia talking with uh, Desiree, and they're sitting on the beach. And Desiree's saying, like, hey, if you ever cheat on me, make sure it's with somebody pretty. Wait, what do you mean cheat on you? I would never cheat on you. She's like, yeah, but if you do, just, you know, make what sure. What like, oddly specific flashback? Imagine just, like, you're just sitting there, and then you get, like, that flashback. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're, like, sitting at a restaurant, and you, like, get a, f- and someone's like, what would you like to have? And you get a flashback. It's like, remember, never eat tomato soup when you're on your third date. Like, okay. And he's like, oh, not the tomato soup. Got it. <laughs> but it's the first date. Like, it's not even, yeah. like, a relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a weird little flashback. Like that's one of the things. Like it's just kind of 
off about the movie. Like, I think that's a bit like too like on the nose. They really push the yeah. Desiree flashbacks a lot. Yeah. I don't even mind the other ones. This one specifically, I think, is just way too on the nose for oh, yeah. what is going I, I, on. Yeah, that was kind of the idea is to make it as on the nose as possible. I guess it's just a little bit silly. Yeah, but it's not, like the movie's not taking itself too seriously, regardless. So it's I not. guess I shouldn't. And then it goes back to the next day, and the trio trio is getting ready to drive. And McCall says she would like to drive because she'll get them faster. And Eugene's like, get us where? And she just, like, looks over through a field. She, like, like points oh, there. Over there. On the mountain. And Eugene's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so Zia gets in the passenger seat and McCall gets in the driver's seat. And Eugene's like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to sit in the back. What do you mean? Well, everybody knows that the person who sits in the back doesn't have a dick. I got a dick. I can't sit in the back. He's like, well, I got a dick, so I can't sit in the back. And he looks at McCall, you got a dick? He's like, yeah, like, got a big one. Big, juicy, fat one. And so you just see Eugene. He, like, folds his arms. He looks over. And then you get a perfect comedy cut of the front seat. <laughs> and Eugene everybody's is, in the front yeah, seat. Yeah, everyone's in the front seat. And Eugene is sitting right between them. And Zia just looks over at him with a glare of, like, I will <laughs> fucking kill you. It's but great. She, the fun thing about this, funny thing about this car, there, it, it's not like a couch cushion seat. There's just two seats in the front. Yeah. He's, he's literally just sitting on the dashboard. Yeah, where like, Yeah, like the cup holder part. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Unless it's like one of like I've seen cars where you can actually like fold up the middle part and it becomes like a weird third seat. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think this car. Has I doubt that. it. But also, I think those don't exist anymore. Anyways, I think you're right. Actually, like, how do you airbag that? You don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, at this point, we get a montage of the trio traveling and Zia asking around for his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. And McCall asking about the people in charge. And just doing a bunch of road trip stuff. Fun things. Yeah. All while you keep hearing the song. Yeah. yeah, all while you keep hearing that song. Through the roof. Underground. So good. It's actually a good song. I really do genuinely yeah. like it. You should, again, if you haven't listened, take a listen. Even if you have listened, go ahead and take a second listen. Yeah, because we're going to bring it up a Third lot. Third listen, fourth listen. Every time we say the name. Listen go to ahead it. Pause this it. podcast and listen to that song. <laughs> take you four hours to listen to the podcast in that sense. <laughs> It gets to the point to where McCall is asking the cops about all of this, and they're starting to be like, "What? what's your guys' names? Like, what are you doing? And Zia's like, all right, it's time to go, maybe. Also, so did they just buy food, or did she just steal the cops' food? Cause it, no. It really looked really it, say? It made it look like she just stole the cops' food. You know, I would buy that she stole the cops' food, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's her That's that's her, her character. character. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just them, like, dropping various things down the hole, like a lighter, and... Some okay. more sunglasses. More sunglasses, of <laughs> course. And Zia, or not Zia, McCall is in the front seat trying to, like, unfold this map. And Eugene gets pissed off and just throws the map down the hole. <laughs> Which, to be fair, like... What do you need that map yeah, for? What do you think you're doing? They're not going to a location yeah. specifically. You're just going. You don't know where yeah. you're going. And so they stop at this diner. And they're eating and talking. And Eugene's on the phone with his mom. Zia's like, he just needed to call his mom. And McCall's like, what do you mean he needed to call his mom? Didn't he talk to his mom this morning? And so she gets up... I don't know what she gets up to do. Oh, we'll go buy cigarettes. Yeah, but yeah. also she's like, it's just a thing. She where... makes like that thing, like who does that here? And is like, apparently he does. It's like, well, no one else does. Yeah, but also it's. I mean, families aren't that common according to this movie. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, how many families do you know that have all committed suicide? Yeah, so like, so... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's also only been. 
Actually, she's only been there a month, so who's she say what's common and yeah. what's <laughs> What say does she get? Yeah. Well, it's one thing she says at the beginning, too. She says, ever since she got here, she's just been hitchhiking. She hasn't stopped to do anything else. Yeah, because she doesn't deserve well, to just, be there, she yeah. says. so She just wants to talk to the PIC. Yeah, yep. but uh, yeah, she goes to buy some cigarettes. Uh, there's a no-smoking sign, and right in front of the person, she just vandalizes it to say, unless you want to. And when she's walking by Eugene on the phone, Eugene slaps her ass, and she rightfully gets very pissed, mm-hmm. and she like whispers into the phone receiver like hey if you ever touch my ass again i'm gonna tell your mom and walks away angrily justifiably yeah, yeah i feel th- it's very justifiable i mean i don't know what telling the mom would really do because i mean just it, embarrasses it just embarrasses him, yeah, embarrasses him because it's just one of those like like what if you slapped t- a girl's ass and then that girl well, went something's up to wrong your parents i'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just like that matter of um well more, used, i just mean more the yeah. family dynamic doesn't feel like it would matter Maybe not, but in a sense it does, because that's kind of like the old school way of, like, would you do that in front of your mother kind of I, mentality. I would 100 believe that Eugene would do that in front of his mother. I think he would, too, actually. Anyway, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't as relevant. Um, they get, They're ordering some food, and then... Eugene and Zia are talking to each other. Eugene's like, you know what, we should just kick her out anyway. She's not going to sleep with either of us. What? <laughs> yeah, and Zia's just like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, she's not going to sleep with me. And she's definitely not going to sleep with you. I mean, look what you're missing out on by trying to have all the... By going after your princess and not sleeping with her. And then he, like, looks at a waitress that's right in front of them. And as it... I mean, he's not getting that waitress either, but... Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. She mentioned that you were cute. She might sleep with you. And all the while they're talking about this, McCall overhears all of that. And they see that she overheard it, and she leaves, and immediately goes and starts hitchhiking again. Well, and... she, well, first, she had a pair of sunglasses, and she puts it into the back seat. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Important even. Yes. And she, yeah. and, and <laughs> once she, again, justifiably, she's pissed at them. And so she's just, yeah. like, just like, well, fuck both these guys and like goes and hitchhikes with someone else. Which she immediately gets a ride, which is maybe the most shocking thing about that. There's just yeah. a person ready to well, get Well, to her. be fair, it's a diner. So someone's probably leaving and he's like, yeah, fuck it. Fair. They fair. don't have this idea of like, in real life, we're all scared because people get murdered. But like. Yeah, the worst that could happen to you getting murdered, you already did it yourself. So yeah. fuck it. Like, screw it. <laughs> Some chick's like, hey, give me a ride. You're like, sure, why not? Buy me a hamburger next time. Yeah. <laughs> and so Zia and Eugene are back on the road again. And they better have eaten their food. I would have been so mad if they didn't. They better have. That, they ordered it. That yeah. hamburger actually looked pretty decent. I could go for a hamburger right now. Me too. What are you doing after this? <laughs> Existing, probably. <laughs> So they're going along, and Zia looks in the back seat, and he sees a couple of sunglasses. He's like, hey, Eugene, when did you buy these sunglasses? He's like, I didn't. He's like, oh, McCall must have. God damn it. McCall went and bought us sunglasses, and we were shitty. What are we doing here? And Eugene's like, driving. And we're better off without her anyway. And they both yeah. put on these sunglasses, and they're real dumb looking. Just orange tinted. They're not pleasant yeah. at all. They work. They work. But they work. That's this entire world that they're in. Nothing is pleasant, but it works. <laughs> I mean, the sunglasses I that, that is... Zia lost were pretty nice-looking sunglasses. Maybe he had those on him whenever he died. Yeah, because well, he, he does say we that earlier in the movie. Yeah, it's true. He does say that earlier in the movie because he was saying, like, oh, yeah, that's my old band's tape. It was yeah, in my was... pocket when I died. Yeah. It's like, if that's the case, like, why don't you just put, like, a few million dollars in your pocket and kill yourself? Okay, but no one knows this world exists. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah>. Also, <laughs> also <laughs> okay, let me just grab a few million dollars real quick. <laughs> Bring it to a place where no one's really going to care. No one has that just laying around, you're telling me? <laughs> Is that how you get all these movies? Yeah, I just have millions of dollars. You guys didn't know that? <laughs> so they're driving a bit, a long bit, I think. Yeah, they, a more driving montage. We get a few of these in the movie. Just doing yeah. road trip stuff, looking at the sky, seeing stuff around them. And they stopped to get gas. 
And of course, lo and behold, who is there? But McCall is there arguing with the cop who's getting arrested because she was vandalizing a sign. No, she just broke it. Oh, well, that's yeah. vandalizing. Is it? It is. Yeah, it's vandalizing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so now it says, oh, exit. Instead of no Instead exit. Of no exit. <laughs> <laughs> not her best work. No, no, not as clever as the no smoking. The whole idea of her like vandalizing these signs is because like if you notice, every single sign is just like one of those like these are strict rules you have to follow them style yeah. of signs. But her whole idea of these signs is just like everything sucks, but she wants to make everything just a little bit less shitty. And so like her way of trying to make everything just a little bit less shitty is like by just vandalizing these signs because it just makes maybe would make a person laugh or smile even though it's one thing that they actually I think they've set in concrete at this point is that people physically cannot smile in this world yeah well that's what I was wondering I don't know if I believe it's like a physical thing I think it's just because they're all mentally just gone at that point like again the general like apathy or assholesness I think it's just they don't smile I mean in the whole movie you don't see anyone smile yeah what reason is there really to smile yeah that's a good point though (laughs) so yeah she's there arguing with the cop cop is about to arrest her puts actually does arrest her puts her in the car and everything yeah zia sees all this he goes over there he's like hey hey hey! don't don't do this you shouldn't do this that's Um, my sister yeah that's my sister don't arrest her she's having a really hard time she just got here she's looking for people people in charge she's kind of going crazy she thinks she doesn't belong here and the cop's like hmm let me see and you get a flashback of him in a war the cop in a war and he is very scared going to the front lines, and he kills himself, shoots himself in the head. Yeah. And then it back into the our normal timeline, he takes off his hat, and you see a gun hole on the top of his head where the bullet came out of. Which actually, well, that's what, really cool looking. Like It does look really yeah. good, actually. Yeah. But I was going to say, the thing that he says to uh, the cop is, it's like, don't you remember how hard it, like, it's her first couple weeks here. Don't you remember how hard your first couple weeks here were? And that's when he goes to the flashback of... Him being in some war and killing himself in said war. Yeah. And then and the has cop. a moment of apathy and says, like, all right, fine. Don't catch her or don't let her do it again. Yeah, get, lets her off with a warning. Yeah. yeah. McCall gets out and she's like, thanks, you really didn't have to do that, though. He's like, yeah, I know, I wanted to. She's like, okay, great. Bye. <laughs> One thing I want to point out about that cop, though, too, is, like, it's literally just, like, a white dress shirt with a clip-on tie on it and, then like, a yeah. little plastic badge. Like, it's... All the cops you see in it look shitty. Yeah. Su- like, they don't have real uniforms. Yeah, everything yeah. is super <laughs> shitty in this movie. So, actually, that brought something up. So, do you guys think, like, they're just... Like, these people in here just decided to make cops a job? I would think so, yeah. yeah. Okay, because, like, there's a lot of, like, things that is because it's necessary. You need gas stations. You need food. Well, maybe they don't need food, but you want food. <laughs> yeah. At least. <laughs> so, like... But, like, I don't know if I... If, like, a cop would be, like, a high priority for people in purgatory. Yeah, because, like, none of them have any of the same things at all. Yeah. So it seems there's clearly not any uniforms. They just seem to be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And with him being a military man before, maybe this is what he just thought he had to do in this life. Yeah. So maybe that's it. I was just curious, like, if that they would be, like, an established thing or if that's just people decided I think to be cops. it seems like it's just people just decided to do that. Like, the pers- that guy that they found in the taxi just decided to be a taxi, so he just took masking tape and put taxi on the side of his car yeah or this guy decided he wanted to be a cop so he just like got a little plastic badge and a clip on tie and he's like okay i'm gonna be a cop now i'm a cop now i wish that, that good thing that's not how it works in yes, the real world we'd have 90 percent of the population would be arrested the other 10 percent would be cops <laughs> <laughs> so yeah zia and mccall are arguing on the side of the road he's apologizing she's saying whatever she's like you know what we should just go our separate ways she starts hitchhiking because she's still very righteously pissed at them. Yeah. Yeah. McCall, McCall says, you know, with you standing here, I'm not going to get any rides. And he's like, okay. Um, 
I hope that you find what you're looking for. And he walks away. Eugene gets in the car. He gets in the car. And he's like, so what's that about? He's like, you know what? You're never going to guess who I just ran into. And they start to drive away. And they left the gas pump in their car gas tank. They're freaking out because it breaks off. And there's a big angry guy walking out. And he's like, oh, you know what? Uh, Zio, you deal with this. I don't think I'm really in the mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> to be fair, it's Zia's fault. That's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, uh, Eugene had no reason to believe that Zia would just leave that in the truck or yeah, the yeah, car. Because Eugene was driving, but he did straight up ask Zia, like, it's like, I thought you took the pump out. Like, yeah. You're the yeah. one who was filling the gas. What the fuck, man? It cuts over. And they're just in the gas station. He's like, hey, again, I'm really sorry about this. He's like, oh, don't worry, the big guy. He's like, don't worry. This happens all the time, twice a week, honestly. And he hands him a book. He's like, here you go. Look, all this is filled out already. Just fill this out. He's like, oh, okay. So Z is looking at the book. He's filling out. He's like, what does it mean by put down what you were thinking at the time? And the gas station is like, it means that, put down what you were thinking it's at great. the time. It's like, it's like a middle school, like, why did you get in trouble? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. What are you going to do to not get in trouble next time? And you're like, I don't it care. It very much is one of those things, yeah. And so he's looking and he's trying to think about what he was thinking about. He looks over and he sees McCall over there hitchhiking still and he realizes he was thinking about McCall the whole time. Mm-hmm. And instead of filling it out, he actually ends up going and looking back at what other people had filled out. And you get flashes of what they were doing at the time. And one was like, I hope I'm not too drunk to drive. And the other one was like... I was thinking about, like, that I don't know where I'm going kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, one of them was worried that he was going to fall asleep on the road. and Yeah. And then, out of nowhere, you see him freaking out. And you get the flashback of Desiree. And we learn that, yes, she did kill herself. And she is nearby. And it's basically her asking, like, I hope that I didn't hurt him. I hope everything's fine. I wonder what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I wonder if I can find him. And at this point, it's like, oh, wow, she's she's still thinking about him. That's great. And he's freaking out, and we get cut back to outside, and McCall and Eugene are arguing. Uh, Zia just kind of, like, runs out with a piece of paper. He's like, guys, guys, guys. Yeah. They're, what are they even arguing about? They're just, like, basically Not, saying, like, uh, what you did was hard. shitty. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah she's basically saying, like, what, yeah, what you said was shitty. He's like, well, you shouldn't have been eavesdropping on us then. But yeah, Zia's like, oh, shit, fucking look at this shit. Look at this thing I found. She's around here. She must be close. It has her address and her phone number and her brother. And Eugene's like, yo, you're going to call her or what? And he's like, no, we're going there. We have to go there. I want to talk to her in person. Also, so it does like, so he actually did get permission from the guy, the guy who made him fill it out. He was like, yeah, the guy like, let me look at it. And so I kind of like that. Like Zia's not too much of an asshole. He actually just would have ripped the thing out and ran. Yeah, that's true. Um, So then McCall's like, well, you found your princess. You have to give her flowers. And you're like, did you see the flowers in there? I can't give those to her. And so it cuts to McCall is just with them now in the car. And they're hanging out of the car. And Zia's holding these dead flowers. And McCall has a can of green spray paint that she's just spraying it with. No, no, it was turquoise. Oh, is it turquoise? Yeah, that's oh, okay. what they said. It's like, yeah, her favorite color was tur- turquoise. Oh, okay, there yeah. you go. It looks green because of the kind of muddy filter over yeah, everything. Yeah. There is just kind of a, uh, a filter that washes everything out. There's a thing later that like really shows the turquoiseness. That I'll wait for a bit because of spoilers. Cool. Right. And so he, like, pulls back in the car. He's like, yeah, these aren't too bad, right? Yeah, no, 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 they're great. And so they finally make their way to the house where Desiree is supposed to be. And Zia's like, no, no, don't come with me. I have to go in alone. I must talk to her. And he goes, he knocks on the door, and a guy answers. And there's talking, and Zia looks a little upset. And he comes back to the car, and he's like, uh, yeah, she she doesn't live any there, there anymore. She left, I guess. Yeah, seeing <laughs> that she moved, and the guy doesn't know where she moved to. Yeah, which actually it looked like a pretty decent house. Yeah, like compared to everything else that we've seen in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so compared far. to literally everything. We haven't else seen, seen the inside. Let's be real. 
true. It might be infested with roaches. Who knows? That sounds a little bit too much. <laughs> I I want to. It would be like one roach in this yeah. purgatory. It's like one roach that you, you just cannot yeah, kill for whatever reason. Like whenever you're like, oh shit, let me get the shoe, and then it like disappears, and you're like, Ugh, and like you always know it's there, but you just never <laughs> can get it. And they're driving away, and Zia gives the flowers to McCall. And McCall looks at Zia, and she sees how sad he is. And she starts to, like, stealthily put the flowers in the black hole under the seat. And Zia catches her doing it. And then they just look at each other, and she still doesn't. And McCall's like, yeah, okay. And so this is where, like, you actually do see it's, like, very turquoise when it's in the black hole because there's no filter over it. I guess the only filter is the green screen that they use for that black hole underneath this car seat. I would even go I would even say it's a green screen I think they just had a picture of the black hole or a video and then they just kind of like drag some JPEGs <laughs> over it that's what it that's, looks like sometimes you're probably not wrong actually you're not wrong but I was gonna say like this movie seemed like it was a budget film it, it was a budget film but they oh, did it boy, on purpose it? yeah it was like purposely done that way was though, this in theaters <laughs> you could say that <laughs> oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about okay that. well all right so uh, that happens, then they, they're on the road again. Yeah, and McCall's just with them again, and they're all a happy trio, and they're driving, and it's almost nighttime, and Zia's asleep, and she's like, well, what does this button do? And he's like, don't press it, it doesn't do anything, nothing does anything in this car. And she's pressing it and pressing it, and Eugene notices, like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Stop, do that again. And he realizes that that button is actually turning on the headlights in this little area. And so he, like, stops the car, and it's... Has this, mo- like, has a moment to himself. The lights, yeah. they work! The lights! <laughs> yeah, like, this is the greatest thing that's probably happened to him since he's gotten here. Yeah. yeah. And well, so... Uh, other than finding his family, Other I than that, I, I guess. <laughs> I think it's just kind of one of those, like, small miracle things. Like, you're just having a really shitty day, and, like, that one little tiny thing just yeah, made like, that day so much just, better. You're just fucking around, and then you just notice, oh, man, I had an extra slice of pizza today. Oh, Everything's pizza sounds okay. good, too. Yeah. Let's get a pizza burger. I think you're just hungry. Ooh, I am so hungry. All I've had is coffee and toast today. (laughs) I had some pancakes. Ah, you bitch. This is now the food podcast. (laughs) So while they're driving, they're turning on the lights on and off, on and off. (laughs) Yeah, because he's just like super... He super loves the fact that his lights work. I would do the same. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I don't know if I'd be driving while doing it, but I'd definitely be like, oh my god, and just like (laughs) slamming this button, just like, ah. Yeah, and so Zia's like, hey, Eugene do it one more time for me. He's like, you think? Yeah. So he turns them off, turns it back on, and there's a guy laying in the middle of the road that they almost hit. They swerve out of the way, crash the car, and they get out, and they're like, oh my god, what's this guy doing? Is he dead? I don't know. So he, like Eugene goes over there and kicks him, and he's awake. And Eugene <laughs> runs back over to the side of the road. No, he doesn't kick him, because Zia specifically says, don't kick him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just <laughs> kind of pokes <laughs> him, and he's like, and the guy is not dead. He's alive. And he just like gets up, and he's like, hey, what are you uh, guys doing here? And they're like, what do you mean, what are we doing here? You're laying in the middle of the road. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I was looking for my dog, and I got tired, so I decided to take a nap. In the middle of the road? I was looking for a long time. <laughs> it's that late. Yeah, which is, like, the kind of logic I would expect from you, E, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I made a movie that, uh... yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be their logic. <laughs> well, I was really tired. <laughs> so like, he... What do you mean you just left prison? I was bored. I was bored, and I left. There was nothing to do. Well... I can't stop you for being... I can't arrest you for being bored. (laughs) So the guy in the middle of the road introduces himself. He says his name is Rafe Neller, but he doesn't go by Rafe. Only call him Neller. So that's his his name. mom called him Rafe, and that's the story he doesn't want to get into. Yeah, which, I don't know. It's nice. And so he's like, well, I'm tired of looking for my dog, and I need to go back home to my camp. Do you guys want to come with me? And so like, uh, sure, why not? Fuck it. What else are we going to do? Our car's dead anyway. And so he takes them back on his, like, little truck wagony thing 
scooter. Yeah. yeah. Well, all of them are walking. He's just riding on the scooter. Yeah. <laughs> like, the scooter goes like two miles an hour. Yeah, it's, it's slow. But it oh, is what are so... the name of those fucking scooters? Scooter? No, there's a Skeeter. type. The oh, ones that po- the I'll ones that Pizza a... Hut uses. No, not even that. Like, um, <laughs> it's the one or uh, one that like uh, you'd see like somebody riding in the middle of a um, grocery Second. store. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The ones that like the for the disabled people. Yeah. Scooter? They're probably still called scooters. <laughs> I feel like it's just scooter, my dude. Scudder. Oh, that sounds gross. I don't know why that sounds so gross. Scooty. Scooty booty. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's walking to camp, and Zia sees this guy in his chair floating, just eating. And he's like, hey guys, look at this, look at this! And when he looks back, he's not doing it anymore, and Neller tells them to not pay attention, because small little miracles like that happen around this place all the time, so just don't even worry about it. He's like he's he was like floating three feet off the ground. Nobody saw that. And, and, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, nobody cares anyway. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> They're walking in and they hear this. Honestly, it sounds really good. Throat singing. Mm-hmm. It sounds super cool. Yeah. And he's like, "That's Nanook over there. She's throat singing. She's and mute. She's mute. And Eugene is instantly enamored with her. He's like, Neato. That's a cool person that I want to know some more about. To be fair, he is clearly like a music person. So yeah, yeah, he is actually. And so. Neller's like, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to go over and rest and do all this other stuff. Uh, have Nanook show you guys around. And so Nanook shows him around. Assumedly, we don't see it. Yeah, we Probably. don't see it, but just one of those, like, how, if she's mute, how well can, like, it just be her pointing at things? I mean, that's all a tour really is. Yeah. But they at least <laughs> usually tell you what it is, but she can't. I mean, there's, like, 80 people at this camp, it looked like. I feel like she could just go somewhere and tap someone, and you'd be like, yep, this is the, it's the corn <laughs> shucker, man. So yeah, then it cuts over to them all having like this meeting kind of thing, and <laughs> Neller is... They're eating. Yeah, they're eating while they're doing it, and Neller is just like talking about how there was this weird little tree, and while he's doing this, like there's a slideshow going on, and it has nothing to do with what <laughs> so, he's yeah, talking about. it has about. absolutely nothing to do with... It's a story about a straight tree and a crooked little tree. Yeah. Yeah, and the straight tree tells the crooked tree, why are you so weird? And then uh, the loggers come and cut all the straight trees down. And the crooked tree lives forever. That's it. That's the story. I well, think that's actually the gay agenda that everyone talks about. What? I don't think <laughs> get rid of all the straights. No, I don't. Oh. Think, <laughs> so um. I think that's what it is. Is uh, because like it's supposed to be like this. Our uh, I think it's supposed to be like a little telling tale of like uh, the straight tree is like you know big and proud and like it looks pretty, but yeah. this crooked little tree is this little thing that nobody wants. But then because everybody wants those big straight trees, they cut all of them down and like all the one are right, cut down early within their lifespan, but all the crooked little trees that nobody wants to, are, tend to live on are kind of like in a little way of saying like, it's better to be weird than it is to be like a yeah. normal, perfect person. Like it's supposed to, it has like a little, also, I've got to call myself out real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that was Neller telling it. Oh, really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought that was an unrelated dude. The one oh thing my that God, I... your face blindness is <laughs> so the thing kill is, me. I thought you were going to say the same thing about like, uh, Mikhail and about <laughs> second Mikhail later. No, <laughs> Just every time they run into a girl, like, who's this new girl? Why do they pretend to know her? No, not so much that. I was going to, um, Mikhail and Deborah. Not Deborah. Desiree? Desiree and Desiree. Because, like, both actresses kind of look similar. I thought that was going to be what the movie was about for a bit, but it wasn't. Anyway, it cuts over to the next day, and Neller and Zia are just at this hole with water in it, and they're just putting more water into it. Yeah, a water hole. 
Yeah, and they're like just turkeys around, and then Neller has the spray bottle. Full. No, there's not turkeys around. There's a turkey. There is a turkey, <laughs> and Neller has the spray bottle full of water, and he just sprays it in the turkey's face. Like, here, have a drink, and he just keeps spraying it in his face, and he just but, doesn't yeah, stop. And, so Zia's all annoyed because he's like, everyone else is like having all these miracles happen, and I'm just not. Yeah, nothing is happening to me, and Neller's like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. It'll happen if it happens. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then McCall comes up in this cart, and she's like, hey, Neller, is it cool if I borrow this cart? I just have a thing to go do. And Neller's like, yeah, sure, borrow whatever if you want. And then McCall's like, Zia, do you want to come with me? And then Neller's like, yeah, go with her. Do it, do it, do it. And so Zia does. Also, it looks like Zia gets into the, like, driver's seat. Yeah, it's weird. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because the next scene, he's not driving. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and so they are driving along. Zia says that the camp is pretty nice, and McCall is like, asking around like she's like yeah yeah i guess it's pretty nice for this place and she's like do you ever miss anything from before you offed yourself and he's like you know i i don't even really remember i don't remember what anything was like before any of this i don't think i remember anything before desiree honestly before this place so i don't think i miss anything at all cuts over to them just on this gulf which a whole bunch of things it looks like a sand dune kind of thing yeah but they are spying on Eugene and Nanook having a date. And they're like, oh, look at what they're doing. And he's like, what's Eugene showing? What's Eugene doing? He's like, I think he's showing her how to open a beer bottle with a lighter. Does she even drink? That, 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 that seems dangerous. Opening a beer bottle with a lighter? Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to get a lot of lighter fluid in your beer. I don't no, know, people, people do, do it all, all the time. time. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> you owe him a cola. Oh, yeah. Eh, maybe, I guess. Just... I don't, like, this is, like, the shitty purgatory. I feel like the lighters are going to be, like, ones that crack all easy. <laughs> probably, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there's probably not going to be a bottle opener here, because everything's the same, just a little <laughs> yeah. shittier. You have yeah, to know all the tricks to yep. open the yeah, bottle. Exactly. Yeah. You've never seen anyone open a can, either, because that makes me think that maybe there's no can openers, either. I like to imagine it's the old cans. Maybe. Like, the, like ones the old you have, tin ones you have to, that like, you had to, like... Yeah, cut a whole, <laughs> yeah, just like cut a triangle on the uh, top of it, and yeah, and like you always cut there. yourself with them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, McCall, McCall says at this point, like, you know what? I think I miss everything about when I was alive, even the things that I thought I hated. I miss, and they go on about their day, yeah. and it goes back to them getting in the car and obviously leaving. Zia says that he had a dream, and he woke up in the hospital because his suicide didn't work while he was there. All he could think about was that he just missed this, this place, being here with her. Like I said, it's a little bit of like a glimmer of hope, but it's also like when a really a glimmer of hope inside of just a big pile of muck. Yeah. And Zia makes fun of McCall for looking for the people in charge. And this is when we learn that McCall actually didn't mean to kill herself. She was in her car and she was a druggie and she accidentally overdosed. Yeah. And so she doesn't deserve to be in this purgatory because she never actually meant to die. Which I guess one thing we did skip over, too, is, like, uh, while Eugene is having uh, that little date with Nanook, Nanook, like, whenever the fish that he picks out, it starts changing colors, so... Yeah, right, so he gets his own little miracle there, too. Yeah, so everyone gets their own little miracle, except for Zia. Because we didn't say either. McCall's one was she was lighting her... uh... Cigarette. Yeah, with during a that little story. Yeah, during that story between the straight tree and the crooked little tree, she lights a cigarette and she goes to flick the match out, and the match just just starts floating. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Makes looks like a JPEG though. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the fire doesn't move. Yeah. But uh, oh, I guess that's something. So like, a big thing that they touch upon is there's no stars down here. 
Yeah. And when she throws the match, it looks a bit like a star. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit of hope. And McCall actually says, like, she misses the stars, and she never even thought about it. I mean, I, I would miss the stars, too. I mean, honestly, when I moved here to the city, because um, we came from a really small town. I did. Me and Robbie did. Mm-hmm. Um, we came from a really small town, and there's no city things there at all. And so you can just see the sky and the stars, and the air is great. And then there was one night where I was just standing outside looking up at the sky. I was like, there, I don't see any stars. And that was the only moment I realized, like, there's this just little tiny thing that you don't think about. And when you finally notice, you're like, that kind of sucks. I kind of yeah. liked those. Yeah. I missed that. And it was the same thing because uh, before I lived in this city with you guys, I lived in Salt, Lake City, in Salt Lake City, where on top of the light pollution, there's also just the normal pollution. So you can't really see the stars most nights yeah. there either. And then my thing, I haven't moved anywhere, but like my thing is whenever I go to a different state, I always try to look for the mountains. And a lot of them, there just aren't mountains. And that's just one of those things that I'm like, huh. Little things that you like about where you're at that you don't think about until yeah. it's gone. So cut to a scene of the trio escaping from prison. It's Zia, McCall, and Eugene. And you're like, why are they in this prison? Yeah, Eugene cuts the bar, just snips the barbar. Bar. He doesn't even like cut yeah, he just like out. He just cuts it in half in yeah. a spot where it doesn't really matter and starts climbing the fence. Yep. <laughs> uh, Eugene and McCall are escaping, and Zia gets seen by the spotlight, so he's panicking and trying to run yeah. around. And he can't get up. He can't get up because he, he slightly poked himself with the barbed wire, and he's like, "Well, so I he guess I'm up. done." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he looks above him, and it's Neller, and he's like, "Come on, float with me." He's like, "What do you mean, float with me?" He's like, "Just do it. Just float up and escape." And he flies away. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zia looks around, and he sees his parents there, and it's like. What are you doing here? We haven't talked to you in forever. Why haven't you gotten a hold of us? And why haven't you called? Why haven't you called? And then he looks down, and it's obviously the family dog Dalmatian down there. And then he wakes up from his nightmare. Yeah. And he's on this bunk bed, and you hear in the background Nanook's throat singing. Yeah, with uh, Eugene playing the saw. Yeah, it sounds really, really nice. And then above him, you see that it's a bunk bed, and McCall looks down. She's like, you know, we're going to have to leave at some point. I have to go and find the people in charge. You have yeah. to go find your princess. We can't just sit here and wait for Eugene. And Zia's like, yeah, you're right. We, we can't just sit here and wait for it. So he's about to go back to bed, and then you hear screaming from outside the camp, and a guy runs in. He's like, I found him. I found him. I found your dog. Neller. He's like, what? I found your dog. He's at a camp. There's this whole other place, and he's called the king, and he has your dog, and he's keeping him there, and he has this big planned miracle. He's like, what do you mean miracle? He's like, miracle like us? He's like, no, 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 big planned miracle. He has this whole thing that he's going to do, and he has your dog, and he's not letting him go. We have to go get him. Which nice little uh, touch there. His name's Yawn. That explains his character. Yeah. Does this, his character always yawning? No, no his character's always W-A-N, tired. Or Y-A-N. Oh, I just didn't even catch on to that at all. Uh, so they're doing that, and he's like, yep, they got the dog. Uh, they're giving it a T-bone. And he's like, they're brain... <laughs> and Neller's like, they brainwashed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, actually. Yeah. What I thought was fun about like the end of that scene, too, he, he asked him about that T-bone steak, and he's just like, what kind of, Mark, what, what kind of T-bone steak is this? 16 ounce, thick cut. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a zoom in on Nook here at a certain point, and we learn... This is a part, I'm kind of confused about this. We learned that she froze to death, but yeah. how it doesn't look like a suicide at all. It didn't. She so was I drinking. Feel like, yeah, she was drinking and she was out in a nightgown and she went outside and uh, it does say later that like she grew up in the Arctic of some yeah. kind. But hers also seemed like an accident. Hers seemed more like Unless she got she really drunk. Yeah. Just sad, depressed, drunk and went outside knowing she would freeze to death. Maybe. But yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it could have been an accident too. It doesn't really say. It just shows that like, so yeah, she died. The rules aren't established really yeah, great. Yeah. They aren't. That's <laughs> but true. It, it. She had like two or three bottles around her, and it was her and dead like out in the snow. 
Nightgown. A nightgown? What's a nightgown? Nightgown. guy sure. Something. It's totally yeah. what it's called. And so Neller makes a plan to go get his dog back. And McCall asks if Zia and her can tag along. And he says, yeah, sure, why not? More company better. Cut to the next day. And it's them walking and Yawn is showing them around. He's like, how'd you find this place before? He's like, I just went this way. He's like, but it's not that far away. And we've already been out here for six hours. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's because he lost. said it. It's roughly about a six-hour walk. Yeah, because he, he said them. he got... Well, he also said he got lost. Right. But found yeah. it. And then found it eventually. And then it's that night, and they're camping, and he's like, I can't believe we're lost. He's like, well, actually... Neller's like, actually, Yon, you got lost last time, didn't you? So this is actually a good sign. We're on the right track. <laughs> yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. That, yeah. That's also something I probably would say. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows that Zia and McCall are out there getting firewood for the fire, and they're talking, and then McCall's like, wait, do you hear that? He's like, yeah, I hear it. And he's like, no, shut up, shut up, do you hear that? And it's the sound of waves in the background, just the whoosh, whoosh. And so they follow that sound, and they find a beach. And they're, like, on this cliffside, and they're like, okay, we have to go down there, we have to. And so McCall and Zia make their way down to the beach. On the beach, Zia says he actually does, in fact, miss something his old self he misses being happy and being there with mccall reminds him kind of what being happy could be like and that he misses being happy and it's weird that being here in this place could ever bring that feeling back to him again mccall says in her old life he must be doing pretty good because everyone she knew was either dead or half dead anyway and so in her book he's kind of doing fine just kind of brings moment every, yeah, kind of brings everything into perspective for both of them yeah and zia kisses her yeah. And they kiss and kiss, and then they wake up and in the morning go, cuddling. Yeah, and they go to bed. <laughs> this is when they have sexy. This is when they go to they bed. They make sex. They have some They make up the sexy time. They do some sleeping. <laughs> you just, you, that didn't even occur to you? No. You thought they kissed and went to sleep? Yeah. Oh, man. Do you never kiss Liz and go to bed? I mean, yeah, but... Yeah. Why is that uh, weird? I mean, there I There are certain things that they imply in movies. I was one of those implied <laughs> scenes. Especially with how they wake up, because... You're going to have to get w- used to some implied sex here. Yeah. This is a whole month of implied sex. Well, then I can just keep saying they go to bed. <laughs> it's like a nine-year-old's, like, super innocent mindset. <laughs> but the, we act, like, I actually had that conversation with my sister, like, as adults, like, thinking, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing sex scenes in movies and, like, not understanding what was going on. I thought that they were just kind of, like, kissing in bed and then they wake up the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's just me constantly. <laughs> That's so good. (laughs) So it cuts to the next day with Zia and McCall on the beach, clearly having sex that night, cuddling. And you hear Neller in the background yelling. He's like, what are you guys doing down here? What are you doing? And they get up and they realize that the beach that they're on is covered in condoms and needles and all kinds of gross stuff that you don't want to sleep on. And just a bunch of graffiti on the walls. Like, it's it's a super bad looking place yes and neller's like it looks like a beach (laughs) (laughs) a bad beach yeah and neller's like what are you guys doing here And he's like i just i didn't realize i didn't see all this when we were sleeping and neller's like this is the place where drug addicts and sex addicts go they just wander here and they even left yeah this is where they used to go yeah this is where they used to go and they even left because of how bad it got which i think adds to the character of mccall even because she just wandered there and like she was a drug addict yeah so (laughs) I don't know. That's kind of a weird, nice touch. Well, we yeah. don't know what if she only did one drug, and that just, <laughs> <laughs> just nah. the one time. <laughs> um, and so Neller says he hopes that Yon doesn't get lost, and it cuts to them on top, like in a field, and they're yelling for Yon and yelling for Yon, 
And eventually, Jan finally does brush into the scene and He's yell like, I back. Found the, I found the thing. It's just right over this hill, which means that they were right there the night before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if they got there that late, what are they going to do? True. So it cuts to the group banging camp, and they're talking to people, and they're eating. There's <laughs> just, like, snacks and cold drinks yeah, and stuff. It's, like, it's nice. Nah, probably lukewarm, actually. Probably lukewarm. Probably lukewarm. Well, it's one of those things, like, they're dancing, and they're having a party, and it's great. And then they go there, and there's two people dancing to, like, this music that is just, like, <laughs> eh, in the yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the dancing they're doing is kind of, like, eh. Like, it sounds like a really weird, almost depressed, offbeat version it's of like a, Michael Jackson's like a... Thriller that they're dancing to. <laughs> it's That's like going great. to, like, a middle school, like school mandated party and yeah just and there's every like kid's snacks like, and punch mm-hmm. yeah it's almost mm-hmm. like the two people who are dancing too it's like they didn't want to dance but someone told them to do it kind yeah. of dance <laughs> same just a little bit worse yep, yep. <laughs> and the yawn comes over and he's like hey you guys come on you gotta come up and help me get neller he's talking to the king and he is raising hell <laughs> and they're having like a mild argument about the dog while yeah. the dog's just eating a t-bone <laughs> yeah <laughs> John's great. <laughs> he is good. He's a good character. And so Neller is up there, and he's just like, just give me my dog back. And King's like, well, it seems like he just doesn't want to be with you. He just seems like he wants to be with me. And they're like, because you brainwashed him. Look at what all of this. He he's never know- been on a leash. And so Zia and McCall make their way up there with Jan, and lo and behold, Zia's eyes meet somebody else's eyes in the room, and it is, of course, the king. <laughs> <laughs> well, the king also, and Desiree. <laughs> yeah. The dog. <laughs> Des comes over Desiree comes over to Zia and she's like oh my god I can't believe you're here you look exactly the same you're like well I mean not really the same some things have changed like you though you look 100% the same she's like yeah I remember you said you liked this haircut which is weird that she has kept it I don't man the whole character Desiree I do not like yeah she is I don't just, think she's meant to be likable in a she's sense she's not though. but like she's in denial yeah that's yeah. true she is in denial very like, much so that's kind of just a thing that happens a lot. Like when you get traumatized, sometimes the way the brain deals with it is just locking yourself into like a specific time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened to Desiree. I think you're right now that they're bringing that yeah. up. Yeah. That's a really good point. D. And so they have this conversation and they leave the room and Neller is still trying to get the dog back to him. And the dog growls at him. And King's like, I guess he chose who his owner was. <laughs> <laughs> and, the king is like, because that's just his name and it is the king. Yeah. And he's like, well, well, I have to start getting ready for the show. I'll see you after that. And then Desiree and Zia are outside talking because this little camp area is like a small castle, basically. Yeah. And they're on this wall of the castle. Like the tower, like the looking tower kind of thing looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're talking and Desiree says she realized how much she, she never realized how much she hurt him until after he was gone. And she just never really knew. And we learn that the person's arms that she actually ended up going into were, in fact, the king's whenever Zia died. He, in his normal life, was, in fact, still a cult leader. Yep. And she followed him, and she did everything that he did, and he set up this big, giant miracle, just like the one that he's doing now, where he killed himself, and that's how he wound up here. And in the hospital, he actually finally died, and Desiree was like, once he died, I just couldn't handle it anymore. So I took the elevator up to the top of the roof, and I jumped. Well, no. She said she heard his voice tell her. Oh. Yeah. And so the thing, his cult thing is like, there's another plane, which Yeah, because she is, said that, yeah. But well, like his thing is when he did the miracle, he would be like going between the planes. 
have a higher meaning of life. Yeah, because yeah. he our his whole thing was we are trapped in the living world, and I want to travel between both the world of the living and the world of the dead. And him killing himself in front of his cult members was his way of trying to travel mm. back and forth between them. And he's pretty much just trying to do it again. Yeah. yeah. But one thing he did also so, miss with that too is like whenever they're talking about it, and she said that she missed him and everything. She said that she didn't realize how much she hurt him until after he was gone. She's like, maybe now I can ask you to forgive me, kind of thing. Like it's not that she wants to get back together with him. She just wants to have that weight lifted off of her shoulder. Yeah, very selfish. And then also, and also like, like, during this whole time of him, like, meeting Desiree for the first time, it does show Mikhail and how, like, she's just kind of like, oh, like, looks like he found his princess now and, like, I guess I don't need to be here anymore. And it's kind of like this, she's happy for him, but she's sad at the same time kind of feeling. Yeah. And you just kind of see Zia being distracted the whole time looking at her, like, yeah, he's clearly going- wishing that, yeah, he's very much going back and forth between Desiree for what he's like. This is what this entire trip was about was finding her between going to her and like someone he just found along the way who is becoming in a way more important to him, much more important. Somebody that he clearly cares way more about. Somebody yeah. that he went to bed with. <laughs> someone that he's just slept right next to and just, definitely yeah. didn't have sex. Definitely didn't have sex. They just cuddled a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so you hear a gong in the background, and Desiree's like, oh my god, it's happening, I have to go help the king get ready. And so she runs away, and Zia goes down as well, and he meets Neller down in all of the crowd, and Neller just has his dog back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the dog's fine. He's yeah, like, dog's yep, fine. just took some convincing. Yeah, just talk I would to just, the dog. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's just like, King's like, listen, I got it, because he does say, like, listen, I'm tired, I need to rest before I do my miracle. And I think, and like, I have a feeling like, while he was resting, Neller's like, well, fuck you, I'm taking my dog, and just grab the dog and yeah. walk away. <laughs> yeah, and so we see the king on top of this big giant wall thing. Neller's like, you don't think that he's going to do this, do you? And Zia's like, no, no, of course not. I mean, you remember how much it hurt, right? Or reverse that, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like, no one would be dumb enough to do it twice. And he has a dagger to his chest, and he's making the speech, and then he does it. Yeah. And yeah. while this is happening, Neller, like, picks up this walkie-talkie out of his jacket, and he's like, oh, hey, everybody, come here. Come on, hurry up and get in here. Something yeah, bad he is just, happening. That walkie-talkie comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's sure. He's wearing, like, a jacket. He's like... That's actually... Yeah, and, like, that's why he needed the dog. The dog was carrying the walkie-talkie the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It all makes sense. But, no, like, that whole scene, because, like, he builds up this whole scene of how something great is going to happen and a miracle is going to happen, and then he kills himself, and then it's just quiet. And nothing happens. He just like yeah. lays down. He just like lays down dead. And like, oh shit! What's supposed to happen now? Yeah. And Desiree pulls the knife out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh well. First Zia's like looking back, looks at that, and then looks back, and then uh, Neller's just gone. Yeah. Neller's just completely disappeared. And now there are people parachuting down, and they're in white suits. And Desiree's like, it's him! It's happening! But it's not because there's a bunch of them, and then a bunch of white vans, and then a bunch of people in white suits all around telling everybody that they need to leave. And it turns out, hey, people in charge are here. <laughs> which it seems Neller was a part of the people in charge. What? And yeah, because it's one of those things, it doesn't really say he was one of the people in charge, but if you notice in that scene, he's one of the people in the white that's the people in charge, and he's like yeah. pu- pushing people out of the way, and like, all right, nothing to see here, everybody yeah. get out of here, I this mean, wasn't yeah. supposed to happen, you weren't supposed to see this, everybody get out, this is an illegal activity, like, we're in charge, we say what does and doesn't happen. Yeah. I hazard a guess, because he kind of, white is a big part of his 
like clothing. Yeah, he does have even his dog. He does have all that clothing. He does wear I want to say like tan pants, but it's all bright color compared to everybody else who wears kind of dark and washed out colors. Uh, so they're like going and dispersing everyone, and then Z is kind of like looking everywhere because he can't find Macala, Macal, Macale, Machu. He can't find her, and uh, then he sees like she's talking to one of the people, and then gets in the van. Yeah, they take her, and she's like, hey, Zia, it's fine. I'll be back in five minutes, I swear. So Zia sits down. It cuts to later that night, and Zia's still just waiting there, and everyone's gone, and she did not come back. Mm -hmm. And you see a car coming up, and he's like, oh, hey, maybe that's her. And it's not. It's just Eugene and Nanook getting out of the car. He's like, hey, you guys, why are you here? He's like, well, we heard you needed a ride. He's like, what do you mean? Well, Neller told us kind of everything that happened here, and, I mean, she's not coming back, man, so... What are you going to do? Just wait here forever? You can't do that. You got to come with us. We got to we got to come back. We have a place to go. On the way over there, they actually do start telling him that like apparently it was a mistake that she was here to begin with and she talked to the people in charge and they're going to be sending her back. And it cuts to them at a train yard. They're sitting there just kind of having some drinks and talking about everything. We learn for sure Neller was in fact undercover people in charge. Zia asks like is the camp gone? Eugene's telling him yeah, everything's gone. Neller actually ran that camp illegally. And in people in charge's territory, nonetheless, which is why all those little miracles were happening, like the headlights yeah. working suddenly and all the matches and the people floating and the colors changing and mm. just small little miracles. Eugene and Nunuk's train comes along and it's just this tiny little... It's a tiny little, like, three-person train. Like yeah. A... <laughs> Maybe it's just a two-people train, even, honestly. <laughs> but there's three people in there. Yep. <laughs> oh, also, something we glossed over, uh, Nanook has the dog. Oh, yeah, uh, Neller has dog. the dog now. Neller gave her the dog. Or maybe she just has it because Neller has to go away. Maybe it yeah, wasn't maybe. even Neller's dog. Yeah, maybe it wasn't even Neller's dog, honestly. <laughs> maybe it actually was the king's dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Zia says that he's going to wait for Macaw at the camp. and So they get on, they're get they getting on the train, and uh, Eugene gives Zia uh, a package and is like, make sure this gets to my family. Yeah, because yeah. it seems that Eugene is really into the nook. And they're going to go to the Arctic where her family is supposed yeah. or supposedly is. And yeah, I think he said North Pole specifically. Yeah, he's like North Pole or wherever Nanook's family's from. Yeah. Which maybe the world's just set up differently, but I don't think a train can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, I mean, you but don't know how this world works. <laughs> I don't. Maybe this world's actually just like this giant, like, so what's going to happen? That just goes in, in a <laughs> circle and then the rest is beaches. Ooh. Bad beaches, though. Yeah, bad <laughs> crack beaches. I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that they took that little tiny train, and then they eventually got to a taxi. A tiny boat. Uh, no, I'm saying like a little tiny taxi, where like the guy had to like literally push them in order to get them One there. of those like and then bicycle, to, yeah. Yeah, exactly, like a bicycle <laughs> one. And then eventually they just got to a rowboat that took them all the way to the North Pole. That would be really great. And, and then, they, then they got on a dog sled, but the dog, but that that's why they had the dog, and they just <laughs> Yeah, it's a dog. It's, it's a dog sled, but they're all chihuahuas. <laughs> that would be great, actually. That would be really good. And then they get to a spot, and there's just some skis and ski poles sticking out of the snow, and they just have to get on the starts. They need to make a sequel, and it needs to be Eugene and Anuk's journey to the North Pole. <laughs> Anyways, while Eugene is getting ready to leave, he's saying how good it is that McCall finally got everything she wanted, and how great of a thing it is. And how it's great that Eugene got everything that he wanted, too. Yeah, and all the while, Zia's like, yeah, everybody got everything they wanted except for me. And he's very clearly heartbroken, yeah, and it's... Eugene ends up giving him the keys to his car, and he hugs him, and they both finally part ways. It's kind of this whole big scene of just like, well, I'm happy for everyone else, but 
what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, he has yeah. nothing left now. Yeah. So what he does, he goes and he goes and lights a cigarette with the match and throws a match and it flies up too. Yeah. And he says he finally understands what Neller meant that the miracles happen when nothing really matters. Yeah. yeah. And well, the thing about that before he does that part is he just has a moment where he realizes like, well, fuck, now I have nothing. And like, he just kind of starts destroying everything around him, which isn't a whole lot. Like he just yeah. rips yeah. a couple signs down and like rips some police tape. going like, I don't give a fuck about this kind of yeah. mentality. And then like, yeah, and then he just like sits down. I think it might be the first time he actually smokes in the movie too. No, he no, smokes, he smokes a lot. Others. Oh, he does. Everyone yeah. smokes. I guess yeah. I didn't notice, but yeah, he like lights a cigarette. Yeah, throws it up, and the match starts floating up in the air, and it actually floats right up next to where Michaela's was because hers is still burning up in the sky, and so it's just yeah. those two stars up there. And then that's yeah. when it brings yeah, daylight. He has that, <laughs> <laughs> that moment. He has that moment of just like, yeah, I guess it's true. Those little our miracles only happen when it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, maybe Eugene was right. I only get stuck on girls I don't have a chance on being with. And I'm glad McCall, McCall got through. I hope everything is straightened out. And Eugene's old wisdom when girls say, be right back, she, maybe they never really do come back after they say that. Yeah. And we see McCall getting all of her paperwork straightened out. And like it's like almost like an airport thing of going onto a plane. It's very run, bureaucratic. Yeah, runs through this hallway and runs out. And that's you see her run into the light, basically. Zia's driving the car. He's listening to music. And he comes to a train stop, and he accidentally drops the tape down the hole under the seat. He goes to get it, and then he just disappears. It seems like he was sucked under the seat. And it Through cuts, the black hole. Yeah, and it cuts to this warehouse-looking thing. You see Neller, and Neller's in a suit, and everything's white and very bright, and he goes into a file, and he's opening it up, and he, like, blows, and feathers go out everywhere, because clearly heaven. Um, and he just puts Zia's file in his jacket. Then you hear a voiceover, and you see Zia in the black hole f- yeah. badly. It looks terrible. Yeah. It looks like... Bad like green screen again. Yeah. Super... It looks like the first Harry Potter almost. Like some of those effects. Worse. Oh, yeah. Worse even. It's worse. Yeah. I'm, I guarantee this movie had less of a budget than the first Harry Potter I, movie. I, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, boy, did it. Um, you could probably multiply this movie by four, and then you'd still not get near the Harry Potter budget. I'm guessing, yeah. like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll get you to guys that will point, though. I think you'll be shocked at how good this movie looks with what their budget was. I think you'll be shocked at how much I don't understand where budgets go. <laughs> but yeah, Zia's in this black hole and he's floating along and you hear voiceover and it's like, huh, Zia, must be, it, remember, it must be really nice to have friends in high places. And he floats to and it... I didn't hear that at all. What? Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's Neller saying that in the voiceover. Oh. Um, Maybe I was too distracted by the visuals. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> And uh, Zia wakes up in the hospital, and he looks over, and there's bandages on his wrists. And he sees his parents in the hallway, and they're crying, and they're talking to the doctor. And then we get a shot of the whole room, and you see a girl across the room, and she turns her head over, and lo and behold, it's McCall. You see McCall and Zia, and they look at each other, and they lock eyes, and finally, they both smile the biggest smile. Which, honestly, that's the only time anyone smiles in this entire movie. Probably. It's just it that last shot, which that is... That is a fun fact, actually. That's yeah. the only smile. I don't it's know. A nice, it was I a think nice the li- dog cracked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was It was kind of like, once again, a nice little glimmer of hope in this movie that's just muck and grime and, mm-hmm. you know, depression. And it's just like this little tiny glimmer of hope at the end of it. It's nice. That's that movie. Credits yeah. roll yeah. and we get to hear the music that we've heard through the whole thing again. And yeah, so I obviously really, 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 really do love this movie. I recommend it to a bunch of people. I wish that it had more people watching it. It does have a cult following, but I wish it got bigger. I really do. 
even some of the bigger cult followings are still small in comparison to like you know larger movies depends who you ask what a cult following is because i've had people who say like avatar has a cult following no that's i know no that movie did very well exactly uh let's start with you robbie what do you think of this movie Uh, one out of ten what would you give it between one uh, i want to say a nine like i really did like this movie but i think it's especially with me and dry we tend to like those movies that have a darker tone like this and this movie just has like a very dark depressing tone throughout the entire thing like so much so that there are going to be people who don't like this movie because it's too dark like a, a good example another movie that i showed drya that movie harold and maude it starts off with a guy hanging himself in his living room and his mom <laughs> like walking into the living room saying like oh i think you probably think you're being funny right now don't you and like she's on the phone with someone while her son is hanging there in the living room and like her son just starts making gagging noises it's like come on pay attention to me kind of thing I really like that movie. I think I think Dry liked that movie. I really, really do love that movie. Yeah, it's very old like, from the seventies. Yeah. Turns out in that scene that the kid is just faking his own. Yeah, death. he's faking his own death right there, <laughs> and he but, does that a lot. But anyways, uh, that's the point I'm trying to make with that one. Is like I showed that movie to my mom. My mom actually liked that movie. Showed that movie to my stepdad. Got past that scene. He's like, nope, can't watch it. Too much. Which is so weird. Yeah, but like movies that deal with this kind of subject matter it's not gonna be for everybody but i really love movies like this i'd give it a nine out of ten i really liked it uh what about you e yeah i'd probably give it a nine as well it does a lot of things i really like well it makes it makes it's a weird movie that likes to be weird again like i feel so many like movies and stuff don't let themselves be weird because they're kind of scared of alienating their audience yeah. but this one but just... it's it's a subtlety weird and then it points out that subtlety and just like yeah that is no i weird. think this movie's just straight up weird <laughs> especially towards the second half like especially with the little miracles that happen everywhere yeah, it lets itself be weird it doesn't try to make it some grandiose thing it has stuff just like oh yeah there's just a black hole under the seat yeah, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> like, I love it when movies just let themselves do that, and they, and what I really love is they don't try to explain a bunch of this stuff. Like, it's even there. the miracles, the most explanation is like, oh yeah, it's kind of near the people. It's just in something charge. that happens. It just it's happens. just like they happen, and no one really questions it. They don't have to point out how weird and wacky it is. They're yeah. just like, yep, that's a thing. And just again, I just love movies like this. This is this is probably one of my favorite movies we've watched on this podcast so far. It's really good. It is really good. Although I think at this point, like half are bad movies and half are. <laughs> there are some movies that maybe we chose just because they are bad. Yeah, <laughs> there like... definitely are. And this was definitely a good start. Yeah. And then something I'll say, uh, maybe it's just my naivete, but I don't really, I wouldn't even say this is really much of a love movie even. It feels more like just like. It's more of a road trip movie. Yeah. Like if more, it feels more like the friendship between uh, Makala and uh Zia. I was going to say Naomi, and that's... <laughs> There's not even a Naomi in this movie. I know. I don't know. That's a real name. What am I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, I, it's like a cool little... Like, if you take a, a couple of the scenes out, it's like a really good friendship that forms between these two characters. Yeah. And it is. It's very much a bonding movie between friends, and that's... Yeah. There are a lot of road trip movies, and that's pretty much the premises behind those road trip movies, is it's like, bonding between friends. I think is a lot of road trip movies really do the, like... Uh, like guy likes girl really bad in my opinion i think a lot of them just do, yeah. don't yeah. this do one it did well. it very naturally it did it very well yeah yeah the, like, the characters have a ton of charisma with each other oh yeah. yeah and like even like desiree even like like she's not in the movie too long but i think she has a really cool character arc too where like after losing everything she turned to this cult and that a really it interesting seems like way to do yeah, it that, yeah that's actually a really honest way of what could does happen to a lot of people yeah, it, yeah. well it's 
something bad happens to you and you need to find something bigger than yourself to fall onto. And in some cases it's a cult like that. And that's what happened to her. It's just somewhat realistic actually. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and this movie isn't afraid to really have like themes like that. And I am glad it doesn't like, it doesn't like, it doesn't, I wouldn't even say it like downplays suicide even with them. It's just like suicide is a part of everything. And it kind of has this idea of like to avoid that is kind of not all right because it's avoiding the reality of situations. Absolutely. I think that this movie does a really good job of just bringing suicide to the front lines and saying like, this is what this is. This exists. Like you can't yeah. just ignore this thing yeah. happening. Cause like, again, like the, almost the only time you ever see suicide in movies is if it's a focal plot point. The only and usually it's just a small focal plot point. Like, Oh, someone killed themselves. And like, then it's the people being sad about this person killing themselves yeah. for a little while throughout the movie. The, there's very little I don't like about this movie. The only parts I don't like is the rules are a bit flip flop and I don't know how sold I am on the ending cuz like again like uh Zia has been there for it sounds like near a year or even longer. It's only been there a while. And then Makala has only been there a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then they're both in the same exact point in time at the end. I think that's a bit contrived personally. The only thing I could think of is after a suicide attempts, if the hospital is able to save them, sometimes they're in a coma for a couple of months. That is something that does happen in real life. And it's the same thing with the drug overdose. If you overdose, but you didn't do enough to kill yourself, you could go into a coma because of that. So that may have been what they were going for. Or maybe it was just kind of like, maybe, it didn't but, matter. Like maybe uh, time the thing doesn't with move the, the parents, same. Like the parents being there talking to the doctor like that screams, this is recent to me. Yeah. And I, that's I, a bit of an... It yeah. is just a plot contrivance. Like the, if you want to explain it in movie logic, it's that the people in charge, heaven, angels, Neller specifically made it to where he just didn't die. Right. I guess. And also, that's a little been... weird. Like, there's some weird things that, like... Who's to say that time moves the same place in the Risk Cutters world as it does in the real world, I mean, too? Yeah, but not even... Like, it's kind of weird that no, they can just decide who lives and dies. It's kind of messed up, in my opinion. Yeah, that's really... It's a little bit more of a... <laughs> well, they're the people in charge. They can say what goes. I guess, but, like... I don't know. Zia didn't do a whole lot to, like, become able to exist again, I guess. I don't know. It, if this was my movie, I would have just left him in the black hole, personally, to be quite honest. Yeah, but that's not the love story. Yeah. I guess. Maybe that's the issue. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a love story person. I am a general story person. Yeah. yeah. And this I does think... have kind of an anti-love theme that you were talking about, but it does have a love story theme at the same time. Like, some of the other movies we talked about doing this month and other anti-love movies I've seen are more anti-love than this one is. But it is it does have that anti-love flavor to it. Yeah, we're gonna get to all the to, we're gonna get to the hard ones oh, later yeah. this month. Don't worry. But yeah, uh, I obviously really love this movie. I think I would agree with you guys. The score and give it a nine. I highly, highly recommend this movie to anybody that loves either down and depressing stuff or love stories or anti love stories. I think this covers dark comedies, even dark comedies, especially this covers the spectrum. Uh, it's a great, great Valentine's movie. Sit down with your loved one. <laughs> well, it kind, I mean, it does. I get, kind you of, could get away with that though. Yeah, yeah. it has as long emotional. as you have similar like thoughts yeah. in. It, has, Beams, it is an emotional gut punch that kind of pays off at the end. It has like so that little does. glimmer of hope at the end. So it's just one of those things that it throws you down in the ditch and then it brings you up just enough to show you a little bit of hope. That's something I like that I forgot. I think it does depression really well. I think it really gets into oh, yeah. me. Not just you're sad. It's the emptiness of depression yeah. that really is everything. Like even especially even in the afterlife, everyone's really just apathetic. Everything and, is empty and dusty and kind of just broken. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, let's get on to some fun facts. That's probably <clears throat> the most depressing movie we've seen so far. Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of fun facts about this movie. I meant to listen to the commentary, but I just couldn't find the time, unfortunately. So if you buy this movie, please listen to the commentary. I'm sure there's a ton of really, really Do cool interesting have character things. commentary? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't have that's, character commentary. Actually, I think this is one I would really want to listen to character commentary. Listen to Neller, just like, oh yeah, look at them in this car. <laughs> yeah, so two of the facts that I have here are things that we mentioned throughout it. Uh, the only real smile is when they wake up in the hospital together. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the uh, Gorgol Bordello being a punk band that's from 1999, and they did the music for that song. Well, there was a fun fact you guys were saying during the movie with the cop. Uh, who oh, was. Uh, oh, Hoffman. There's Hoffman. a ton of like really big actors in this very small movie. Yeah, like they clearly did not take a paycheck by being in this movie, which so, you'll know because the budget of this movie is an estimated one million. That's nice. actually more than I thought it would. I was gonna guess like maybe two hundred thousand. It premiered opening weekend in three theaters. Um, this is what <laughs> that's why you meant when you said technically, yes. and it was only in theaters for that weekend. Nice. Um, wow. This is very much uh, indie ass indie movie. It was more of a festival movie, one that yeah, you could only it, see in theaters in festivals. It did mm-hmm. say Sundance at the end of it. Sundance is a very famous festival to have like these yeah. movies that you will never see anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, estimated one million budget, and in all of its box office, all that it brought in was worldwide about four hundred and fifty thousand. Ouch. Uh, which obviously was not considered a very big monetary success but also it wasn't really trying to be it was trying to just be a movie i'm guessing they wish they could have gotten a larger distribution but that takes getting attention of a bunch of companies yeah so it did manage to get a few awards during some of the festivals right and it got a bunch of awards that you would really want honestly like uh best, best script and stuff like that and best director for like a best small dog <laughs> no oh, unfortunately the boy <laughs> um but yeah, just like small, very, very small festivals, honestly. It did get mostly positive reviews at the time from a couple places, saying, like, you really need to go and try and find watch this movie. That was in 2006. It didn't get any distribution until 2007-ish, 2008 from Lionsgate. Better than a lot of festivals, movies, I know. Yeah, so it wasn't a monetary success during any of its time in theaters or festivals, really. I was not able to find any numbers on DVD sales. but. Ten. I'm hoping more than that. i hoping. <laughs> I mean, I bought a cop. Like, I saw this copy because, like I said, right. um, I, li- uh, I was listening to another podcast. They talked about this movie very briefly, and they just kind of said the same thing we said of, it's really good. Go watch it. And I just saw it whenever I went to go buy some movies someday. And I was like, oh, this look. Uh, I remember hearing about this. And Dryah looked at it and says, oh, that's a really good movie. It's like, okay, I'm buying it then. I mean, obviously, it's making some money because it's on Vudu and Tubi, and it used to be on Hulu. I don't know if it still is. I didn't check that. Um, and you can rent it and stuff like that. So it's getting some sort of money now. I don't know what the DVD sales were, though. I assume it's at least hit that <laughs> making its money back mark. I and, hope. well, the whole idea of, like, because if you notice, there's, like, a lot of movies that flopped really hard going on streaming services now because it's kind of, like, their last way of trying to make money off of it. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. I do have a couple. I did find a, uh, some other trivia about this movie. Uh, when Eugene kills himself on stage by pouring beer onto his own guitar, he's drinking Dead Guy Ale, <laughs> brewed by Rogue Brewing Company. There's that one. Uh, I think one that's somewhat important, actually. The soundtrack f- features songs from a number of famous suicides, like Del Shannon, um, Ian Curtis, Nick Drake, David Suckham. I don't know how to say that exactly. Graham Parsons who drug overdoses parallels with uh, Mikhail's OD, which is also featured. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought that was kind of interesting is that song he's listening to at the very beginning was a Tom Wakes song, and Tom Wakes is the guy who plays Neller. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's Tom Waits. And we're listening to one of his songs at the very beginning. Oh, but yeah. That's this movie. Uh, I really, really highly recommend. I think we all highly recommend that you go Definitely. out and watch it. I am glad I picked this movie up. It's really good. Uh, like I said, Voodoo, Tubi TV supports uh, streaming it. If you're just not sure about it, uh, there will be ads on those, but whatever. If not, then you can rent it on Amazon and all kinds of other places for three bucks. Yeah. Potentially Hulu. Hulu. Potentially Hulu. I did not check. And uh, if you're lucky, maybe you can find it in a used shop. Yeah. You probably, if you have a big giant used movie place around you, check it out. You're Which, probably going to find it. That being said, I think I bought this movie brand new because it, like yeah. I said, it was still in the plastic whenever mm-hmm. I bought it. Unless they just rewrapped it. it that, that is also possible. <laughs> I they, have might have re- that, they might have rewrapped it and then just like put a new sticker on it to sell it for more. But I feel like I got my money's worth of this movie. I'll definitely watch it again. If you guys want to follow us on any kind of social media, we're Last Ones In on Twitter and The Last Ones In Podcast on Facebook. If you want to shoot us an email at all, we're the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of anything, any feedback or any info you want to share with us. Go ahead and send your best dogs. Send any pictures of dogs that you have. We will be more than happy. Hey, we'll feature them on the, t- on the tw- Facebook and Twitter. We'll yeah. feature them on this podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we're just going to look at them and you won't be able to see because it's a podcast. <laughs> Listening to audio of, oh, this dog looks really cute. Look at this dog. Isn't that dog so cute? Cutest dog. Thank you guys for listening again. We have some very blue, amazing things coming up for you next week. And all this month, I am very excited. I don't think any of us are going to have very high energy on the next episode. Probably. I I think I know what movie you're talking about. I, 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 yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. It's it's Avatar 2, isn't it? How did you guess? You said blue. Dabu die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk at you guys next week. Later, guys. See ya. So, I don't know if... I'm not going to say their names, but uh, the people who... They came from, I think it was like North Carolina, came down and worked at um, Blue Creek for a little while. And I remember had that conversation with him one of these days, because he's just like... There's these kind of uh, cow- like those swinging doors that you'd see in like a cowboy saloon? saloon movies. Yeah, uh, going from the kitchen to the dining room at that restaurant, and like he was just staring like through the doors, it's <laughs> like looking at them with like just making it to where like only his eyes could be seen in a sense, looking through. And like I'm doing dishes and I'm staring at him, and I'm just, what are you doing? Look at that guy, he's staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he hates me because I'm black? It's like, no, I think he's staring at you because you're staring at him. What are you doing? <laughs> Ice cream. Let's pause for a second. Yeah. Yeah. How pissed would we be if you listen back to this and you can't hear it at all? <laughs> that would maybe the case. Yeah. But better safe than sorry. Yep. Uh, May as well open this and get some air in real quick. Yeah. Actually, something I was said about. Apparently, they used to like have Mario popsicles. Yeah. 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 I, those were gone by the time I existed. Oh, really? You didn't yeah. get Mario or Power Rangers or anything like that? Not Mario. Uh, there were there were Sonic because those are just like eternal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Powerpuff Girls were some of them. I think ice cream trucks come with the Sonic popsicle in them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just you trying to get rid cream. of them, and they just keep restocking <laughs> yeah. it somehow. Uh, mine were more standard though, more like the flavor, like you get the rocket one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are really popular too, the rocket bombs. Because they, they taste really good. Yeah, they're great. They're just not for four dollars each. No. You could go to the store and get like twelve of them for four dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess it's about the convenience be. of the ice cream coming to you. <laughs> it's it's more for the fun of a kid. Yeah, it is fun.
Like it is a fun. Th- oh yeah, because I think it's just one of those things that like kids get excited about as they hear that music and they are automatically new ice cream truck. Yeah, and there's just like that sense of running up to the ice cream truck and like going and asking for your favorite thing that you just can't get at the store, but you can get at the ice cream truck. It's yeah. adventurous. Yeah, man, there's a good horror story I know about ice cream truck. Ooh. There actually are horror movies based around ice cream trucks. No, not even a horror movie. It was like a it was a manga by the guy I always talk about, Junji Ito. It's really good. Do they turn into ice cream? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gone. Yeah, it's All gone. Right. So what Close tangent? Uh what tangent wanna be on? That's a good question. Here. Go Should ahead. I go back? Yeah, go ahead and just stop it.